This podcast is brought to you by Harry's. Please visit harrys.com and use promo code BALDMOVE, all caps, to get $5 off your first order. Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking about Season 6, Episode 8, entitled Start to Finish. Uh, I took a second watch of this last okay. night. You did? As I do. Bad idea? Yeah. Yeah. It was more <laughs> boring than the first time. Mm-hmm. At least the first time, I wasn't sure what was coming up. The yeah. second time through, it was even more boring. Yeah. I, I felt like I didn't get an increased uh, appreciation for how uh kind of blah the episode was but yeah it didn't didn't get much i did actually i did write a couple things i thought were clever that they're doing thematically that i was not getting on the first watch just because i'm just like uh and where it's like man if this show was the better show we wanted it to be that's the kind of things we'd be like speaking of in hushed tones like oh man did you notice this thing oh it makes me appreciate how much the shows it, it's it's weird okay so it's you came weird. away with a greater appreciation of the... Uh... No, it's more of like, uh, it, I don't know, it's it's like a weird flourish that uh, that that on a better show I would be applauding, but I almost missed because I'm just not look, w- watching it at that level. Okay. All right. Like if, uh, if you see a, a kind of really bad marching band yeah, playing, like I don't know, the Star Wars anthem and perhaps like... V the miniseries, or like you know, you, and you, there's one guy in there, the tuba player's really good, right? Really fucking good, but right. The well, rest let's of say the band you, know, you, you and I are both looking forward to his Revenant movie, right? They had a uh-huh. nice, gorgeous trailer and for The Walking Dead. You see Leo with a wounded hand, you're going to be like, ah, Christ reference, because that's the kind of like that kind of film has you prep, you know, like ah, oh, I'm looking for all these literary references and thematic themes and tones and stuff. You. Watch the Care Bears cartoon from the 80s, and the Care Bear gets a wounded paw. You're just going to think, uh, so is going to get bandaged? Is someone going to use yeah. their, their rainbow belly to make it all better? What's You're not going to be like, oh, Christ reference. Sure. Hugs a lot's okay. really re- really going to save the Cloud Village. Or I, I wasn't allowed to <laughs> no, watch that's, that's, Care Bears. That sounds about right. So I'm just making shit up about them. Yeah, they're magical. Can't maybe maybe it did have tons of literary references, and it was one of those things where it's like enjoyed by by uh, adults and kids alike. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, you... it, so yeah, I'm 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 unchanged on this. I okay. thought it was a little worse actually. Uh, are you are you ready to tiptoe through the tulips, or you want to talk a little bit more about it? No, I'm ready. All right, uh, yeah. Sam's listening to tiptoe through the tulips as he's still upstairs. Uh, I, I I really question how short this town is on supplies when he's still eating. Well, it looks like fresh broccoli and carrots. In fact, not even finishing it. That's true. Yeah. It seems like Jessie's getting all the, the good rations. She's getting the, the yeah. There's, the there's, healthy stuff. Everybody else getting cream of celery soup. She's shopping at Whole Foods. I, I can't figure that out. Uh, but he's calling pictures of himself tied to a tree with a big sad face. And zombies are coming to get him. And mm-hmm. as, as shitty as this stuff is, I... I do find myself really feeling for Sam. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh-huh. Like, it's sure. just something fundamentally sad about... 
a child drawing pictures with crayons of terrible things happening to them. It's like it makes me uh-huh. think of like real life children in war situations and what kind of fucked up shit they draw and how that's terrible. Or that Star Trek episode where the crystal came to eat everybody and all the children were drawing the crystal coming to eat everybody. And I'm like, that's fucked up. And the parents are hanging it in their cubicles in the Starbase. What's wrong with you, parents? This is something you you talk in worried tones to your mate about. Yeah, this episode doesn't do any favors for Carol as a character. Like, for, it, for Carol as, like, uh, any kind of sympathetic figure, right? Like, I, I feel like Car- Carol's gone off the deep end both, you know, she's scared the shit out of Sam. Right. Uh, and I, I laughed when that happened because it was hilarious, and it still is. Uh but Carol's turning into kind of the anti-Morgan, right? Mm. She's on the opposite end of the yeah, spectrum. of course. Scaring the shit out of kids and wanting to kill people. And like, of course. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, speaking of thematic imagery, uh, we see Sam kind of swat absentmindedly at an ant that's crawling on him, and it leads back to a trail of ants. It's absolutely swarming over this, what I presume is a half-eaten cookie. Uh, yeah, so that's... Looks that's, like it's me. That's the theme of the episode. Zombies yeah, swarming mean, all over the half-eaten cookie that is Alexandria. Sure. Or half-baked cookie, as it, as it might be. Uh, so we see the walls fall, and like there's all this dust, and the zombies are kind of uh, shambling out of it. I thought it was uh, evocative of like you know some of the 9-11 imagery of you know the people walking out of the cl- you know the, yeah. the dust cloud from the collapsed buildings and there's that, but I'm certain it's an homage to some other zombie film somewhere. Oh, really? I mean. Just knowing what the show likes to do, yeah, yeah. I I'm would just saying, you see a tower fall and these things shamble out of it. I think they're they're coming on. Like this is this is one of those things where it's like in 20 years, it's going to be like an institutional memory. Like people will be born to have that that were not around when 9/11 happened, but they'll still get that like that imagery is bad. Okay, you know yeah. what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so Rick futilely discharges rounds into the herd. I still don't understand what he was trying to do. Um, I don't either. Deanna tries to talk some sense into him, but also gamely fires wildly her rounds uh, ineffectually. (laughs) Yeah, she jumps in there like a like a new recruit to the a team like i'm i want to get my shoot on man i want to get in here and fire some guns yeah unfortunately she's not going to make it to the cigar scene and i love it when a plan comes together no she's not uh because she almost gets killed a bunch of times and indeed we find out later manages to get bit i don't see where the bite happens honestly they're Mm -hmm. they filmed this thing in real time and where she fell and where the zombie was in relation to it. And just she just got up and there was a giant bite mark under her shirt. And I they've, they've done a game of, like, a uh, person's not bit. Oh, my God, they are bit before. But it's always been some ambiguity. And they're just not even bothering this time. It's like, we'll just film a bunch of shit and there'll be a bite. Yeah, it didn't feel like there was a reason for her to get bit. Like, there. this is really like, what has me worried about this show is... It's not just a tricky shit like Glenn and like, oh, we want to have audience suspense and we're going to not, you know, maybe be a little sloppy in staging it. So we have some literal wiggle room and narrative wiggle room to leave him alive. It's just like we're just not going to bother. We're just going to do things and there's going to be no logical cause and effect and what's real and what's not real. When are people dead? When are people not dead? Yeah, I got that vibe kind of from this whole attack scene here where it's just like. We need to show each character scrambling away that's important to the audience. And we're going to... I mean, the the wall of sound they put up is impressive in this scene. Sure. Like, it drowns out any other 
noises any anything you would you would want to hear out of this scene it's just a wall of noise and then like they spin it up like seven different times for each character like the same i don't know noise i I hesitate to even call it a score it's almost just like a wall of noise Mm -hmm. yeah uh and they'll 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 spin it up when a character is first shown. They'll get in trouble. They'll get out of it. They'll quiet it down for half a second and then cut to the next person to spin up the soundtrack again. It's like this loses its effect after the first four times we see it. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of, uh, you know, laziness, uh, Morgan and Carol run for the detention facility to makeshift drywall prison. And Carol trips over flat, unbroken ground. Oh, my God. Maggie runs for a small watchtower after repeatedly tripping over flat, unbroken ground. Uh, maybe Rosita needs to cool it with the uh, the machete training and just teach things like, tie your shoes. Uh-huh. <laughs> tie your shoes, people. I can't stress this. Rule one of zombie apocalypse living is is keeping your shoes tied. It's half the battle. This This looks like one of those... You know the experimental robot videos that you see online? <laughs> yes. Like of them trying to get out of a car or something? Testing the walking algorithm. Uh-huh. Can it manage stairs? What that's, about stairs of various heights? Exactly. That's yeah. what I was thinking when I saw them both trip. Ugh. Come on. Uh, Eugene is trying the old hide in plain sight strategy uh, where he just tries to disappear inside in, into the wall of a house somehow. And he's about to die. He's got a, a, a machete, but he's... He's kind of Alexandria level useless. Like he doesn't even try mm-hmm. to use the machete. He is just going to curl up and let this thing eat him, which I don't know what they want me to feel about Eugene. Like isn't it wouldn't it be appropriate for him to at least flail at the zombie like to show that he has some kind so. of spirit? Like like I I pointed out last episode Rosita was giving him private machete instruction. He's not even going to try. When the alternative is certain death, yeah, I, I mean they've they've certainly painted him as a coward. It's not like this is out of this character is, necessarily. I, I don't even feel this is realistic coward behavior. Well, I mean, not maybe. Sure. Ca- yeah, I mean, cowards you're... are are scared of stuff, but also yeah, yeah. like they they freeze up like that. Yeah, could you're be right. another definition of a coward. I you're think right. he just froze up. But yep. uh, do you think they're they're trying to show that one of Rick's group, quote unquote group, is, is just as bad, just as useless as the Alexandrians. Do you think there might be anything to that? Like, because Deanna's like, they are your people, and well, do you think that Rick would, would see? I feel like the Rick's algorithm takes that into account. He's not going to try as hard to save Eugene, and I, I believe this as he would a Maggie. Yeah, you're probably. I think you're right. Yeah. So I don't think it's. Alexandrians versus his group. If there was some on the ball Alexandrians who maybe even mm-hmm. like, thank God someone else is here to finally, or at least were will- less arrogant and willing to learn, mm-hmm. uh, I think that he would have already bonded with them. Yeah. Yeah, you're probably right. I mean, when Tobin pulled his head out of his ass and started making useful contributions, Rick mm-hmm. warmed up to him instantly. I don't think, I don't think that's where I think the weakness of the, it's your people versus my people. It, no, it's, what Deanna's espousing is going to get you fucking killed in this universe. You just indiscriminately try to save everyone regardless of their... I get this is very Darwinian, but might I remind you, 97% of the world is, is dead and, and a flesh-eating cannibal sure. now. So Yeah, and they, they make that case here. Or at least the wolf makes the case. Yeah. He's crazy, so yeah. what am I supposed to think? <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, Tara and Rosita fortunately roll on by and save him. 
and they literally lead him away like a six-year-old boy. Both of them grab hands and like, come on, we're going to get this through, hunt. which is interesting juxtaposed against Sam at the end of this episode. Okay. Uh-huh. You're right. They're literally, there is no difference between Eugene and your, your bog standard Alexandrian. No. In fact, the, some of them are better than him. Yeah, definitely. Tobin, I would say for sure. Uh, Jesse probably. I mean, she's killed a walker, right? Yeah, oh, sure, yeah. She killed one at the, she's the door game. last... And she's killed a real season. human being, which is the real test. Are you going to freeze true. up when you have to, you know, killing a zombie is, uh, you know, ethically and, uh, you know, human naturally, I think, a lot less difficult than killing a, a live human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this point, Ron and Carl, who they made explicit that Ron is about to cap Carl. Oh, yeah. Like, if that tower hadn't fallen... Uh, things were going to break bad. I don't. I don't know what Ron thinks is going to happen to him after that, though. If he kills Carl in that yeah. scenario, does he care? Is he just at this point a Carl-seeking missile, and he just wants to hurt Rick? I think so. Yeah, like, that's that's what I've, the feeling I've got for the past few episodes. Uh, so Ron and Carl and Michonne and Gabriel and Rick and Deanna kind of converge in this T junction of a of a street, and they get cornered. And you think, oh, uh, things are going to shit. When Jesse comes in blasting, clears a, a path to her house and says, I got Judith in here. Mm-hmm. And we get a nice crane shot of all the zombies just zerging into the half-eaten cookie that is Alexandria. Yeah. And yeah, it was I mean, a good, nice shot. That's that's a decent shot. Yeah, I feel like maybe they could have done a little more with a little less. Like, don't show every character that we even care about in the slightest bit. And they're predicament just show us kind of the overall right town like no i get it and then go around and say here's where each of them ended up but i'm not going to bitch because they staged this at a location with three entrances and they had three groups of characters come together and then three walls of zombies wall this is exact this is the minimum yeah, yeah. level of effort that i need for them to not bitch okay <laughs> where did the people come from where are they trying to get to why can't they get there is it believable okay i'm not going to bitch yeah, all, I mean, I, I, want. I got my walkers, you know, I got, yeah. I got my herd busting through the walls and trying to eat people. Futilely, yeah, for you but... to say this is a disappointing episode is kind of mind-blowing. Well, everything from here on, disappointment. Okay. All right, disappointed. All right. So you were, yeah, I remember in the live watch, you were kind of like gung-ho at this point. Yeah. Uh, so Glenn is outside seeing all this happen with a horrified Enid. Uh, and Enid is, and he's like, oh, okay, I'm going to try to plan on how I can get in and save the day. And Enid's like, seriously, this is literally the validation of everything I've been saying. And you're mm-hmm. saying we should double down on your uh, uh, nonsense. And he, I mean, cause so he pulls a Trump card. My pregnant what's wife. What's really interesting is like, again, this is a lot of the same mileage and the same road that, that the leftovers treads on hmm. is, in a, in a world where losses don't make sense and there's no way to protect yourself from them, is it better to just try your hardest to keep from losing people or should you never draw close or make attachments with people so that you never really lose anyone? Which is the better survival strategy? Sure. But they don't ever – They I, I feel like all they got to do is give someone like Enid – like they need to articulate that with a reasonable point and not have Glenn just be like, you're talking crazy. You're, you're fucking talking crazy. Like, I feel like that. I mean, ultimately, I don't think I'd make that choice, but Enid has a strong point here. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and, and Glenn seems crazy. 
Yeah, <laughs> as much as they're setting up, you know, Carol and Morgan being antithesis of each other, they're doing the same with Glenn and Enid, right? I think that's like, a lot more. And in- their ideas of survival. But that's a uh, that's an interesting conversation that the show's not really had. Yeah. Like, anytime yeah. someone espouses nihilism in the show, it seems like it's quickly put down. Like, that's just, you just can't have that thought. That's true. And, like, I, 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 I would, I, I'd be up for heroic character who does kind of heroic things, but still is like, this is a bad idea. Mm-hmm. Like a kind of a Russ Cole version where it's like, uh, yeah, I mean, if I, if I fully was courageous and embracing my worldview, I'd blow my head off. Sure. But I'm yeah. kind of a coward, so I can't. But instead, this Glenn runs roughshod over her. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, because like I said, I think Enid's mistake, if she's thinking about it, is not that I ran, but that I ever let my guard down in Alexandria and formed any kind of attachments at all. The second I started collecting keys i probably been like oh i gotta get the fuck out of here yeah second i started hanging with these dudes reading comic books i should have been like get out of here so i don't know i thought i thought that stuff is interesting at uh least. we we do have something to address oh enid not a wolf right it's, 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 I, my, i'm my not addressing theory, this my theory has been proven i'm not engaging with this conclusively untrue <laughs> the the uh I'll still go to my grave thinking this is another uh, dead man's brew theory that yeah. you didn't seriously espouse. That's what I do, man. <laughs> no, no, I seriously espoused it. I thought, but it was based on flimsy evidence for sure, uh, as are most right. of my theories. All right. Uh, <laughs> noted. Uh, Jesse and company uh, comes out thrashing through the tulips into a whirlwind of activity. And Sam is they're playing this like bomb goes off inside his head, like every sound's dropped out and there's a mm-hmm. little whistle. And she's and Sam's like, What the fuck? Are the monsters coming? And he's starting to work into a hysteria you know, hysteria. Oh, uh-huh. And Jesse's like, You gotta pretend like you're someone who is brave. Pretend like you're something, anything that you're not, kid. Like just don't be you right now because I- you are horrible <laughs> and you are unequipped to survive this situation. You know, I'm be- I this is like- not a nice thing to say to a child. I is don't it? know what you do, but here's the thing. I actually think okay, so I don't have a lot of experience in child psychology other than the one I'm raising, and you know, obviously that's not a clinical experiment. Um, but I know for an adult, it's a valid tactic that they'll fake it till you make it is a valid psychological tactic. Like, sure, f- f- pretend like like you're like you're literally acting. Like, imagine a confident person. Mm-hmm. If you want to work on confidence, act in that confident manner, and eventually you will – if you keep at it, you will become – that confidence will actually be replaced from within with real confidence. It's a trick. Yeah. But no, it works. I, I have that experience with this very podcast. Like I – when I started podcasting – like I'm an introvert naturally. Oh, sure, yeah. So you start podcasting and you're like your conversational tone is off. Everything is like – very reserved and stuff, and then you eventually yeah. like you mm-hmm. just fake it until you make it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I I totally understand that. But the way she said, it, like, pretend to be somebody you're not because you can't handle this. Like, tell him you need to be brave. You need to be courageous. Do this thing. Don't say like I know you're not this thing, but please be that right now. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to think what you could say to a ten year old. I mean. Uh, probably the utilitarian approach would just to be to brutalize them. Like, you shut the fuck up right Bring now. Carolyn. They don't do it. You slap them until they do. 
Like that's probably sure, the but that's... but I don't know what a TV audience would like. Again, I kind of wish the show was on HBO so you could explore like really truly disturbing fucked up things hmm. like your right. parent and if you li- you have a hundred flesh eating undead cannibals invading your house and the most important thing is for your child to be to, to just shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. What links do you go to save their life at the expense of inflicting yeah, yeah. emotional and physical trauma upon them? And sure, especially on a ki- yeah. kid like this who's already traumatized beyond belief, like. Yeah, he's Sam survived this. Is he ever going to be a normal person? Nah, he's forfeit. Br- brutalize him as much as you want. <laughs> Bring Carol in there. Strap him down. Now you're making me feel bad. Have for a conversation again. with her. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I I I pondered that as a father. I'm like, man, what the hell do you do? Yeah, yeah. What do you do? Because when a child gets a rational fear of something, it's it's the worst. It's the worst. And you- they totally play with this at the end of the episode, which. I like that moment. I think it's misplaced. Yeah. But I do like the moment they have where Sam is like, Mom, yeah. Mom, Mom. And you can tell he's not going to give that up at the end. Yeah. Because kids don't. Like, kids no. will continue to call you until they get your attention. No, they don't think of things rationally and logically, and they don't have self-control and all those things yeah, that he's are... he's scared, and he wants his... So this is the problem with the zombie full house. You know, uh, Judith growing into a toddler, being cute and all that. Like, this is the fate of all... Things that, that that like unless they get into an ironclad safe zone, yeah, you are just there. You're not going to make it. Your odds of survival are like zero. I agree. Yeah. So in, anyway, especially Sam, like maybe you know if he hadn't been in Alexandria and he had been experiencing some trauma outside the gates, like mm-hmm. Carl, he'd grow up a little bit tougher, and you know you'd work you'd work with him in this situation. But I, like I said, it's it's super interesting. It's too bad that I think the audience reaction is going to be is going to be annoyance with Sam. Like I saw that a lot in hmm. in like I don't I you know I don't I'm not reading the feedback because it's a nice little okay. surprise for me. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I read a lot in the the forums and the subreddit and it's just people like, oh God, Sam's going to get everybody killed. What a fucking idiot! And I'm like, he's not an idiot. He's a kid. He's yeah, a it's a tra- kid. This is a tragedy bomb. It's not like the same as when you know Noah fights with lawn furniture. Yeah. He has right. some kind of agency, whereas Sam's just yeah. a child, man. Yeah. What's he going to do? Yeah. I feel bad for Sam. Frankly. I do. That's what I'm saying. Like I, 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 and whenever I like start digging on him, I really feel bad because <laughs> yeah. And also, I feel like the even though I feel like it's unfortunate that this this child actor like you know did a they brand from the the Game of Thrones and essentially went through puberty in the off season. Uh-huh. Because uh, I thought he played convincingly as like an eight year old boy, and now he's looking a little pubescent, and he's yeah. a little old for the material. But having said that, I think he's doing a really good job with what he's supposed to be doing. Like you know, I mean, really, the material requires him to be slowly losing his shit at all time and uh-huh. he look like he's on the verge of tears. I feel like that's got to be hard for a young actor to do. Sure, like hell, I can't cry on demand. Yeah, I I don't know how you act as a child. He's frankly. one of the best of this class child actors I think the show's had. Hmm. So anyway, uh, Carol has taken a bump to the head. Oh, how did she take a bump to the probably head? when she fell so and dumb. tripped over her shoelaces? You trip and you concuss yourself <laughs> on a slight, well, like to be fair, she's milking this. She is. She is making out like she's hurt worse so that Morgan will let his card down and she can go murder the wolf. Certainly. I think that's all it is. I can't imagine. Like, although even hitting your head on the sidewalk when you fall is kind of crazy. That's true. You can get, I mean, yeah, you can, but if if that actually happened, you could get concussed. You could. Um, I just like, 
It's not like she fell backwards and no. sideways and onto something. She just no. tripped. You put your hands out. I get it. But since she, uh, since uh, she's kind of a rough and tumble woman, I can conceive that she could get a wound on her head and then she could milk it yeah. deliberately. And so, yeah. She does do that pretty well. Uh, and Morgan observes that she doesn't trust Minnie because she won't let him attend to her. And she says, well, yeah, I trust you dead last because you are an idealistic moron. I love that line. <laughs> I really do love that line. Way to stick it to him, Carol. Yeah. Uh, and she says, I don't trust you, but I don't think you were lying, which I thought was interesting. Um, so, yeah, no, that, yeah, the, she's there's like, a distinction I, to I be made there. I believe that you believe that this is the way to go. Yes. However, I strongly dissent. Mm-hmm. And I will do my best, my damnedest to see, you know, this community thrive despite the insane uh, risk you're taking with us all for this experiment. Like, yeah. your goat-milking, cheese-eating friend did not endanger a whole community. He endangered himself and a fucking goat. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a much more fundamentally <laughs> selfish act that Morgan's yeah. doing. And, and and by dwelling on it and keep making it an issue, I thought they were making headway last week when he says, I just don't know. Yeah. Morgan, the just don't know Morgan, I think watches helplessly as Carol kills the wolf, which would be an interesting thing. Morgan flips back into I'm a diehard. I'm going to potentially kill you because mm-hmm. uh, there's no way. I mean, the way he slams Carol on the on the the the, the floor, the wood decking uh, could easily kill a person. I'd rather, especially if she's you. already concussed. I'd rather, res- <laughs> yeah, I'd rather resist you unto death rather than let you kill this wolf yeah crazy and, and it makes sense the way in which carol doesn't trust him like sure. she doesn't trust him to be Morgan there when, not she, to be when she needs him yeah no. and do the things that she would do in a scenario uh so cut to denise with the wolf and honestly he's the unhealthiest individual i've ever seen since like val kilmer and tombstone <laughs> like, if i came into the studio and saw you looking like this man uh-huh. i would start sending out feelers to co-hosts to be like hey uh <laughs> you're not gonna get me help you're just gonna replace me <laughs> no i don't that, no you're dead if oh, you look I'm, like I'm that you, yeah gone. i'd be like i i think the ball okay. experience is gonna last a day maybe two tops <laughs> depending on whether a doctor comes to give him an antibiotics but it's it's gone uh, uh, gonna need a gonna need another co-host because uh, you know I still gotta eat. Uh, but no, I mean this guy. Like, I guess it shouldn't surprise me that a show that can pull off zombie makeup can pull off on death's door makeup so well. Yeah, the red rimmed eyes, the perfect amount of like fever mm-hmm. sheen. You know, we've talked about the man's oral hygiene. Uh, and yeah. What a horror show that is. But uh, I do really like this shot though. With them sitting on opposite sides of the room. Yeah. Really far, just as far away as they can be from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool shot. And it's, am I crazy or is this, well, I mean, this is probably an affirmative answer. Am I crazy or is this Psycho's monologues the most interesting monologues we've had this season? Yeah, yeah. You know, the way he views the world and also like what, what I've, what's made me, what's made it thought provoking is I'm trying to figure out how you would speak debate this guy's point of view in this universe yeah so i mean his his ultimate point is nothing's unfair anymore right yes everything is on the table the world's trying to die which is kind of what enid's saying too uh the world's trying to die and i'm just letting it and i'm helping it out and when i free you people from this nightmarish existence i will use what i can to continue to survive to free other people until i'm freed myself Mm -hmm. it's almost an unselfish worldview 
in a, from a certain point of view. From sure. a, yeah, from a yeah. very fucked up Obi Wan Kenobi point of view. Yeah, but at least it's interesting, and I've never heard anyone espouse it on this show before. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, yeah, d- yeah, it'd be it would be interesting if if Morgan had found this guy back when he was a loner, and it would this would have been an interesting counterpoint to the episode where, uh, you know, the Fargo guy. Uh, Twisty the Clown nursed him back to health and then taught him the ways of the uh, the nonviolent martial arts. Mm-hmm. I I think it'd be interesting to have these guys square off philosophically and see like you know Morgan follow this down to the bitter end. But we're not going to get that. So yeah, the, I don't know. The show seems to like to reiterate very shallow points of philosophy, right? Like yeah. Bring up the beginning of a philosophical conversation, but never follow it to its logical conclusion, which is why I applauded also, Morgan it, last episode. And it also never matures. But, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, like, they keep repeating that pattern. Like, I, for as crazy as the wolf is, it's a more mature argument mm-hmm. of, of uh, for nihilism in the show. Yeah. And I mean, so I think that's one of the things that I loved about what they did with Morgan last episode was that he was following these trains of thought, whereas yeah. other people weren't. And he could give them kind of kind of lay the whole case out on the table and say look i don't know the answer to this and i'm not sure there is even a right answer uh-huh. but this is the side i've chosen yeah and this is what i'm gonna do and I, I feel like that is an honest viewpoint to have for a character i agree uh so she hears this and she wants him to show him the wound and she says you weren't born this way you've changed and, pre- and proceeds to physic him ah uh, amateur and- psychiatry time showing she's neither She's no kind of doctor. She's not a medical doctor, and she's not a psychiatrist. Get out of here. Well, I thought it was that she – what she's saying is like I thought there was another layer of meaning. Like uh, just as you weren't you weren't born with this wound, this is a change for the worse. This is disease condition, and, and I can heal you. Okay. And, and kind of and I think there's a subtle analog to his mental state. Like you weren't – you know, you came out of the womb – present you know brand spanking new without all this baggage and without all the zombies in the world driving you crazy you can also come back from that it's it's actually a better argument than that morgan's making no that's fine what i'm what i'm saying here is when he jumps up and he inevitably puts a knife to her throat and yeah she says oh you you're full of bullshit yeah come on you didn't see that no he's not he's been entirely honest with you about his intentions the entire time yeah so michonne and rick uncovered deanna's bite and line of the week is her delivering well shit. And Perfect honestly, line. Deanna was awesome in this episode, yep. and it pisses me off that I care so little about her. Because honestly, this could if, yeah. if I gave a shit about Deanna, this would have been a powerful episode because that well shit was so well delivered, and her kind of last stand against the zombies in isolation was really well done. And I think everything she had with Michonne this episode was yeah. great. And yeah. Uh yeah, I felt like that character was used badly in the last few episodes. Sure. Like, I mean, we obviously made fun of Barley Equals Intellect and like we didn't know what was going on with her and Spencer and where her head was at kind of going yeah, into no. this episode. Well maybe that's that's shows that's a problem with all the Alexandrians. The show has yeah. taught us to treat them with contempt and to not feel anything and to think of them as cannon fodder. Because That's they're true. the ones yeah. that are bearing all the brunts of dying, which, you know, makes sense from a storytelling point. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, just like you can't have 
uh, Maggie drop to her knees and wail in anguish when she first catches sight of her sister and expect us to yeah. really feel that as like a 16 episode or eight episode payoff to an emotional arc. You can't tell us not to care about these people, and these people are cannon fodder, and they're dumb, and they're weak, and they're babies, and then have this really awesome performance. Meaning, thing, this would have been a great, great performance and a great end for this character if they had used the last 16 episodes to make us care about her. Or you know what? Just take the last few episodes out, the last eight or yeah. so. Uh-huh. Have this happen very close to Reg's death. And I think because I cared about her more at that point than I did when she just kind of went off the rails and I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Like I I had a solid Deanna presence during the the Reg stuff. but And I wish I knew – like I'm also getting annoyed at everyone, everyone talking about her plans. We don't know – we made fun of her plans with Barley Equals Intellect. I would like to be brought in at this point when Adam Michonne's – she's bought into something that I don't understand. What, like, why is it a good idea? Why, why is she are these praising ideas? these plans? Yes, what, what, Michonne, you've, you've looked at this. Articulate what is about these plans beside the Latin and the barley. To me, they just seem like the bare minimum of survival. Like, we want to plant crops. We want to have water. Like, like, and we want to have power. It's like when I was a kid, I used to love to get graph paper out and build the perfect spaceship. Like, here's where right. you're going to have crops because you're going to take 100 years to get to the star, and here's the big water tank, and, and, and here's where you're going to sleep, and, and yeah. here's the guns in case <laughs> someone attacks, and here's the shield. You- now go build it, asshole. Uh-huh. Drawing shit on paper is the easy part. And it ultimately, like, like that part doesn't really matter, right? Yes. Like, they can put the corn anywhere. They yes. can put the solar panels anywhere. Like, yes. That's just playing Tetris with logistics, right? <laughs> sure. Anybody, Glenn could do that. I'm sure Glenn could do that. Yeah. Like, I'm gr- glad you packed my U-Haul. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I, I wish I wish we knew why this was such an inspiring plan. Why yeah, this yeah. single-handedly made Michonne get all slack-jawed and then converted her one i mean she was leading that way anyway but converted her once and for all into a true believer we do find out what the latin means not not this scene but later on yeah yeah right uh right now all we know is it's something reg used to say when shit went if you gave a shit about the show you looked it up the week that it first appeared so uh it's kind of a uh it it, i guess it's it's fine i don't i don't want to get caught into ripping the show for no good reason no just lashing out you know i mean I, I don't know how her plans fix the problems with the old Alexandria, but that idea of, you know, someday this pain will, mm-hmm. will teach you a lesson, basically. Yeah, what you doesn't learn kill from you your makes mistakes. stronger. Yeah, and you come back stronger. So, like, it, I think that uh, that makes a lot of sense. I just don't know why it applies to the situation in Alexandria specifically. Mm-hmm. So Rick informs Jesse about Deanna's situation and simultaneously admires her gumption and wit. In the grace of, or, or in the fire of zombie bites, and Rick says, "Hey, we gotta be patient. We got plenty of food. We need to hold up, wait for them to bunch up, and then I'll try to get the armory and draw them away with guns and flares." And you can see the, mach- the in, in Jesse's eyes, like this is a suicide mission. We're fucked. And we already t- did this scene, so let's you know, Michonne and Deanna then later talk, talk about her plans and how good they are and the Latins. The, the, yeah. the Michonne notices the Latin. And she says, I want this place to work. But Deanna asks what this means for her. And she says, I don't know. And Deanna says, you better. And again, this would work a lot better if I knew exactly what Deanna, what this place meant to Deanna. 
And I mean, this is a, a town that I get the impression she had a hand in. I mean, obviously she governed it. No, but later degree. on she says, I cocked this place up. Mm-hmm. So this plan, this new plan, I think is supposed to represent the future of Alexander after she's melded some of these ideas from Rick. Well, she didn't put any plots for planting guns, so I don't no, but know she what did. they're going to do. Mean, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's fine to be glib, but she did actually, there was like some kind of weapons training center. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's literally just... I'm taking the bar. I'm taking Farmer Rick, and I'm taking Soldier Rick, and I'm merging it into one steel, cold rolled steel fence, and so, so we're good to go. Maybe this map that she draws, these plans, are instilling the kind of things that they need, like the, this intellect thing. Barley equals intellect. <laughs> Obviously, we make fun of that, but like they not only need food and water and guns, but they also need Edu- the ability yes. to think, the yes. ability to. Uh, Some communicate with each other. All of these things need to be able to critically think, and yeah, you gotta, yeah. you gotta. These so maybe, kids aren't going to school, presumably, or they're not being effectively educated. Mm-hmm. What is effective education in the zombie apocalypse? It involves probably, probably a vocational school. Not a lot of book learning. Yeah, less math, more gun training. Sure. <laughs> uh, so Ron and Carl decide to square off in the garage. I don't know why they decided to go off loan into garage. Did they mention, did they give them a reason why they're in the garage? Um, or they just needed to be segregated from the adults? I don't know. Uh, but Ron says, your dad's going to get more people killed because guess what? He's a killer. And Ron says, or Carl says, yeah, and so is yours. <laughs> Which totally brought Ron by the lee. He had no response yeah. to that. Like, that's a new thought to him. I don't know. Ron's not very smart. <laughs> No, he's not. Uh, and he goes, well, I'm dead, and we're all dead, and you're going to be deader than metaphorically dead right now. Because he locks the garage door, deadbolts it, and then proceeds to draw on Carl, who yeah. is not having it. And then Ron Attack comes at him with a shovel and manages to break a window, uh, which, guess what, attracts all the zombies in the yard. And they come banging on the window, and and Rick is now he's he's alert to this scuffle, and him and Jesse are frantically trying to get in the garage. He's trying to chop his way into the hatchet uh, as Carl's trying to brace the broken garage door with some shelving. You know, they finally get the kids out and like stuff couches and shit against the door, and Ron and Rick's like, "What the hell's going on in there?" And Carl totally covers for Ron. Says, "Hey, it was just you know the zombies got in. We were scuffling with them, and and what's the big deal, man? Quit hassling me, old man." Yeah, what do you think about that? Uh, what do you think about Carl? He's glinning. Taking it's, it's literally the same thing that Glenn did with Nicholas. So yeah, it's more it's it's kind of boring. There's and also I don't it's buy weird. That, He's like taking some kind of responsibility for Ron and feeling like he can sway him. Yeah, he was giving mind, him so much like, shit in the previous episode, like blatantly. Yeah. Like, I don't buy that this is a natural reaction that, that Carl's having. I, I still feel, feel like, like he's antagonizing him. Like, guess what? You, your dad was an asshole. Huh. I mean, whatever the kid feels about his dad, he's probably not going to take kindly to that. Maybe Carl knows. I mean, I, 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 maybe this is a thing for his dad. Like, I don't want to screw up this thing you got going on with Jesse. Because I kind of like Jesse, and I know you like Jesse, and, hmm. you know, mom's been dead a long time, and Judith needs a mom, and you could, 
you'd probably be a lot less annoying if you got laid on a semi regular basis. Out a little bit. So yeah. I'm going to take the I'm going to take all this shit on the chin with Ron because if I blow Ron's head off, that will really harsh the Rick and Jesse. It would buzz, right? It would, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's already killed her husband. I kill. But his... here's the thing: he takes him in the other room and he points a gun at him, right? Then implying, he has to do that. Implying that if you don't give me your gun, I'm going to blow you away. And, and then, like, then he has to do that, right? I actually really like that part. Yeah. So I mean, he's obviously he can't let Ron kill him. Yeah, <laughs> that's not going to happen. Yeah. So he needs to take the gun away. But like, I just I imagine the shitstorm that would happen if Carl just. Like, after saying, yeah, there's nothing wrong, everything's cool, he just goes in there and shoots Ron. No, I get it. But like, again, they hear a gunshot from the other room, and Again, Ron's, Ron's not too smart. It'd yeah. be interesting if Ron <clears throat> really was, like, a supervillain level intelligence. He's like, go ahead, pull the trigger. Well, you just said well, we were all cool, saying. you're going to murder me in cold blood? I'm uh, keeping this gun, and you're going to have to st- keep watching your back. And then Carl's like, oh, fuck, what do I do? And then Ron pulls a gun on him. <laughs> and then they stay in a standoff until Rick walks in and they lower their guns. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, there's, I don't know. Some of that stuff is interesting. Uh, and, I, I, yeah, I love the whole, I think you quoted the line, but, like, look, man, I get it. My dad killed your dad, but your dad was an asshole. <laughs> well, then what's your dad, it's, yeah. Carl? Yeah, it's, I just thought that was pretty funny. So Judith starts crying, and Rick goes to get her to quiet her down. But, oh, my God, zombie Deanna is draped over <laughs> the crib, ripping the newborn's, yeah. or chewing, I guess toddler's guts out, intestines. Mm-hmm. Going, going all in through its, its juicy insides. So stupid. <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, she's actually decided it would be good in her dying breaths. Before turning to a zombie to stagger into a, a, a room alone with the child. <sighs> Jesus, Diana. Deanna. Jesus. It is a tense moment, though, because you see Deanna's missing. Oh, you know how you much know I'm a fan dying. of putting Judith in fake danger just well, to get okay. my pel- pulse r- racing. Sure, I, okay, I love you, it. You I can't get stuff. enough of that shit. <laughs> I don't mind it as much as you do, apparently. <laughs> uh, but it's a tense moment, like... Deanna's roaming around somewhere. She's probably a zombie at this yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, and then you see her draped over. And I, like, I'm surprised Rick pulled I, his punch there. Honestly, yeah. Ass. Like, I, I almost, when I watched it, it really bothered me the way he staged it. Like, Rick choked up while he still thought Judith was maybe being eaten. Yeah, I mean, you I know? felt like she spun around just in, and she said something, which I think is the, oh, thing, the key. Like, he didn't see her face or anything, but she said, oh, Rick, or something like that. It's more control than I thought Rick would have. Yeah. But yeah. seeing that, like, just, I, like, I, I feel I like that. that's the kind of thing that he goes back in the tomb mode. Yeah. And just go, everything goes red. The, the sound, the sound drops out, and he just starts hacking until there's nothing left to hack. Uh-huh. Um, I mean, because like I said, like, if Judith, re- if Judith ever does die... Rick is going to fucking lose his mind, man. He's got to, yeah. He's yeah. That's who he is. Mm-hmm. He because he's not an Enid. He's not. I mean, this is, uh, you know, Judith and Carl's all he's got left, and and Judith is uh, the 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 I think is the proxy reminder for for Lori. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, they had kind of addressed a little bit of that last episode. And then, you know, it's, there's all that still, like, in a better show, this would all be the more powerful because Judith is probably not his child. And, you know, it's like there's all that meta-narrative sure. as well. 
uh, that he's got that much attachment to it, and it's a kind of testament to the human nature and all that stuff, but we don't even think about those kind of layers because they're making us stupid by watching the show. Uh, it's frustrating. Uh, she also, like, so let's talk about this. She's written something for Spencer and something for Maggie, which makes sense. Her son and her right-hand woman, although Michonne's trying to be the left-hand this episode. She says, will you look out for him like you do for your people because they're all your people? And she goes, as evidence, you know, I ran over to you not because you have an awesome beard or because this or because that. It's because you're one of us, which is bullshit. She ran over to Rick because the same reason a drowning man uh, clings to a lifeguard because they're the only person keeping them afloat. Rick dying is the death. Like the only this is a bad situation. The only way the Alexandrians are going to survive is if Rick or one of Rick's people comes through heroically. So like, okay, I didn't buy the premise of her argument. Like, hmm. it's entirely possible to view her actions as a purely selfish way to to encourage this this man who's been through a lot of shit and has as as hard earned some victories to take care of your your weak baby people. Yeah, uh, she does kind of need him. Sure, I don't know. They'd probably be dead without him. No, I, 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 it's just a weird present day argument being a spouse straight face in the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Anyway, you apparently you you weren't frustrated by that. Eh. All right. Uh, so Tara and Rosita talk a mess about how places like this have a price that has to be paid, and whether they paid it or not. And just like that, The Walking Dead passes the Bechtel test. Two women having a conversation. Two named female characters having a conversation, not about a man. Uh huh. So <laughs> it's about it's what a, they it's a proud want. Proud moment. Proud moment. Yeah, what they want and how Deanna's lived her life and <laughs> sure, uh, all, all good stuff with Deanna and Michonne. Sure. And no, no, no. We're talking about Tara and Rosita here. Oh, sorry, sorry. I thought we were on a different scene. Uh, which you're right. The the uh, the uh, the Deanna and Michonne stuff passes as well. Yeah. So things get a little meta then about Abraham's death because Tara says, well, he can't die because I haven't seen it. Uh, waka waka. <laughs> and like Rosita's like, no, seriously, uh, I saw his guts being pulled out. Are you sure this wasn't someone else's guts laying on top <laughs> of him? Was there a dumpster nearby? Obvious joke. Uh, so let's move on. Uh, they discuss how to get out of the, gar- the garage. When they're like, oh, we're going to need to shoot the lock, but we can't waste the bullet, and we don't want to attract zombies. And Eugene, who's been reading a world book encyclopedia the whole time, and as I was getting excited for him to like bust out some Civil War knowledge that was going to be like some brilliant tactic, and no, he just picks the lock with a paperclip. Well, he, he shoves a paperclip into the lock. Yeah, that's not how we'll you say that. That's not how you pop, you know, pick locks. And people are like, well, what's the big deal? And I'm like, it's not hard information to find out. It's certainly no. not hard to fake. And it's, it's, the a, very it's, it's indicative of the learn. laziness of the show that they're just going to be like, you know. I mean, it's, it's the fundamental concept of lock picking. It's just it's like the most basic thing you can know about picking a lock. No, it's like is you know, you need some sort of tension on it. It's it's the same thing as like you know if you learn your gun handling skills from Commando versus watching Lone Survivor. Sure, one is a better, more accurate, more painstakingly researched version of the thing, and when the you know it doesn't cost any more money or the additional really spit and polish, why not go with that version? I mean, a, a single you read the Wikipedia. Yes. Article on lockpicking. No, you not will hard. know enough. It's not hard. It's really not. 
Uh, so, I mean, yet yeah, lockpicking is challenging, but the sure. mechanics of it you can pick up in five seconds. Yes. Uh, so, moving on, uh, were you kind of surprised that he didn't bust down any kind of world book uh, encyclopedia knowledge? They, they they prominently show him pouring over that material. Yeah, I just thought he was reading it because he was bored. Oh, man, that's terrible. I was like, I was hoping maybe he would he the... would whip out like uh, he's in a garage, like he's going to MacGyver something up. Yeah, like here's some bleach and some gasoline and some rubber. I'm going to dissolve it, and it'll eat through this lock or something. Nope, nope. He's still, uh, I don't know, Call of Duty Eugene. He's Call of Nothing. He's Call of Lockpicking. Yeah, I mean, he plays Call of Duty. <laughs> uh, so Carol's resting her eyes because she's got a concussion and she's flirting in and out of consciousness, but she's actually faking because as soon as Morgan lowers her guard, she darts for the wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, back in Jesse's house, zombies have successfully pushed into the half-eaten cookie. Uh, I mean Jesse's house. The gang has to retreat upstairs, barricading the stairs with some furniture, while Rick says to Michonne to help me get at least two. And I thought at that exact moment, oh, good, we're going to get the guts. They're going to get the guts storyline. Yeah, and they did. Uh, Zombie Kill of the Week goes to Michonne in this scene. Yeah. Uh, the walkers bust in, and she. Oh, yeah. Practically bisects one of them sure. vertically. Sure. Like, just katana all the way up. Yep. Uh, Carol and Morgan square off over the wolf. And Morgan says, this should have waited. And I'm like, yes, yes. Carol, I agree with you. You're in the right. But you doing this in the middle of a zombie attack is insane. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. But, I mean, like she's the f- in the house. She's got nowhere else to go. It's going to break bad, yeah. But what are you going to do? You're going to release a wolf and take out two of the biggest badasses in the group and arm him, and, and indirectly arm him with a weapon and give him a hostage. <laughs> that's that, what you're going to do. But that's not her plan. Her plan is to just run downstairs, kill this guy before Morgan can get there. I get it's not her plan, but also it's not something you need to be doing in the middle of this crisis because it's not like an unforeseen event. Me and this guy struggle in a room with the wolf and Denise, who we know is kind of useless. She's trying to get the medical stuff going, but she's not a she's not a hardened warrior. What happens if we get incapacitated? What happens if you leave him there? It's and negligence at, at, at best. I mean, another not unforeseeable occurrence is that he gets loose. Well, you know how you, this you house know how you guard people. against that? You actually, together, watch guard. him. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you're really stuck in the room. That's what I would do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like... I agree with Carol's premise, but she's stupid to be doing this at this time. Hmm. And it puts me in this weird position where I agree with Morgan that this is stupid to be doing this. I agree with Carol that it's stupid that you're doing and selfish that you're doing this experiment to begin with. I'm not sure. And I she, got no side to root for. I'm not sure if she doesn't kill Morgan after she kills this wolf. Because, like, she's she's looking at the threat outside and the threats from within. And I feel like she thinks Morgan is a threat from you within. You might be right. You might be right. Uh, the only thing I could say against it is she might be wary of doing that unilaterally after what happened with her and Rick and in front of, uh, Denise and yeah, I feel like that. I don't think she gives a shit about Denise, but I think that, you know, Rick, (laughs) she might kill Denise. Rick having a clearly good relationship. And she said that's like worth something in her eyes. I don't know that she would, I think she would want to totally kill him, but I think that it stays her hand because she just doesn't sure. How yeah, feel maybe, about maybe it. if he doesn't interfere, she doesn't go yeah. in and kill him. Yeah, but uh, so Rick orders bed sheets. 
oh, to be brought. Gabriel couldn't be happier to spring into action. Prove his worth. Uh, Grab some bed sheets. Uh, he explains the whole guts decoy strategy, and I thought that the actors decoy what the hell decoy strategy. I thought the actors did a good job of of playing a natural reaction to someone announcing this plan. The guts plan, yeah. Like if you look at Jesse's face like... and everybody's face, they're like, and he's he looks at him like, uh, we've done this before. I, if that Did means you it's an really, insane, like, pl- yeah, no, nobody I, nobody really puts up a fight. They're just kind of like because he's Rick, and, okay. and they're in a kind of hopeless situation. But yeah, like that okay reaction, I think, is a reaction you would have in this circumstance. Because if you stay, you die. I Everyone guess knows I felt that. like they didn't wink at us hard enough as hmm. audience members. Like, hey, remember season one? This was not nearly as good as that scene. No, of course not. Like, there was no eulogy. (laughs) There was no... There was just some black comedy in, like, Glenn's puking and this the the sound effects. There was a lot of almost joy in the, like, sculching and how gross can we make this, whereas this was just very perfunctory. Yeah, that's how I felt. I wish I wish they had done a little more with it. Yeah, like, really do some, some more wink, wink and nudge, nudge with us. Yeah. Uh, what else are we talking about here? Oh yeah, Morgan and Carol have a boring argument over a psychopath in the middle of a zombie herd stampede. <laughs> that continues. Um, Michonne offers to ease Denise or uh, not Denise's Deanna's passing, and she says, "I'm just not ready yet." But she says, "I will be," and she flashes the gun, the reminder that she's got the the means to do it. And Michonne's like, "Uh, bad news, but we totally need that gun and all the bullets." <laughs> And we can't spare it on your no, no, your she, old lady death, Janeway. She doesn't say no, what she, she doesn't. should say in that scene. What she does say is, explain to me this Latin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Teach me Latin. And right she now. says that it's someday this pain will be useful to you, like we discussed this, and repeats that you have to figure out what she wants. And I'm like, I'd like to figure out what both of you want, because you're talking in riddles and code. Well, that's how she started her Latin classes when she taught. Someday this pain will be useful to you. <laughs> so... Uh, it'll, this pain will be a lot more useful than this dead fucking language, that's for sure. Uh, everyone's getting all gutted up. Uh, Jesse's worried about Sam, who at this point is near sobbing constantly. Like, he's just on the verge. His lips oh, quivering. Man. His his little eyes are red-rimmed with tears. <laughs> it's a, We're heading into a clusterfuck situation. Yeah, this Jim. scene is amazing. This scene is, like, everything I wanted it to be. Sam, his reaction... To seeing it's a horrifying scene. Oh yeah, he walks in on his mother, his brother, and a bunch of strangers dismembering bodies and rubbing themselves with guts. Yeah, that's traumatizing. Sure, if he wasn't traumatized already. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's not good. <laughs> uh, Carol and Morgan continue to have their pointless debates, and the wolf actually agrees with me. He's like, "Yeah, you should totally kill me, but no, you're all going to die," which yep. is which is is absolutely true. Everyone's going to die. Everyone that's living is going to die eventually. That's true. Uh, so, like, again, I'm, I'm siding with Wolf here, and I'm getting more and more <laughs> uncomfortable. Uh, then they fight, and Ugh. they, they kind of go back and forth, and Morgan just body slams WWE-style Carol into the ground. Yeah. And then the Wolf knocks out Morgan with his own stick and then pulls Carol's knife on Denise. Congratulations, fuckers. <laughs> You've given this man the tool he needs to do the thing you both were afraid of doing. Congratulations. <laughs> this is so goddamn compelling. Especially since it was spooled out in like 30 seconds in, in, yeah, in installments it, it throughout the episode. Took its sweet ass time. I, I do buy that that body slam could knock her out though. Hell yeah. 
that's a brutal body slam. <laughs> I, you know, we watch MMA. That that yeah. can that can be lights out. I mean, that knocks the wind out of you. Sure, you can if hit you your hit your head. head yeah. yeah, it's it's not not good for sure. Uh, Gabriel comes up fresh on his victory with the sheets. Wait, wait, wait. Has the wolf walked outside yet? No, or no. God, that's, no. Okay, that's no, later. No. No. What, what am I, an asshole? <laughs> uh, Gabriel says, I'm not going to give up out there, Rick. I'm going to keep pushing forward no, 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 no matter what. And he's Rick really says, trying to just prove that he's worth taking along. And Rick says, yeah, I know, but he said it like, if you don't, I will put a bullet in your head or this axe, All whichever right. is quieter or more appropriate to the zombie situation. I felt like it's a... <laughs> yeah, I know. Now you will. Like, oh, really? It took you this fucking long. But... I thought it was a threatening. Yeah, I know. See, I I came down on the side of like Gabriel has started to learn a lesson. It only took you know thousands of walkers pouring into a town for him sure. to learn this fucking lesson. But sure. I felt like he had took something away from this. Sure. Uh, so Ron is still sullen. Uh, Sam is quietly losing his shit in the corner uh, as he's getting covered with guts. Uh, so Denise is now left trying to use logic on the psychotic with a knife Ugh. and try to talk him into not killing her. Mm-hmm. And he's like, hee hee, this is cute, and goes to gut her when Tara and Rosita come in with guns drawn as he takes Denise by knife point. Now, Tara, who last episode hung off of a fucking steel wall with one hand and drilled zombie headshots from 30 yards away suddenly decides to disarm herself because this guy says to when she's 10 feet away with a clear headshot at the guy. This I don't get it. We talked about this, I think, on the instant cast, but, like, again, it's kind of annoying in cop shows when cops do that in the context of backup and all this other stuff and really where's the guy going to go, like, ultimately. Here, where this guy could, could kill the entire town, it's just insane. Like, really, yeah, you, you can't think of a way to invert this trope in the zombie apocalypse. That's the thing. They're using all these TV shorthand sort of things for danger and for these big and these big buttons that you push. Also, what are they going to do with this ridiculous. wolf that's going to be cooler or more interesting than Terra just blowing him away? How about have him magically walk outside into what I presume is a crowd of walkers sure. with Denise? Right. I mean, I know he's in that little... Uh-huh. That little in cage, enclosed, yeah. caged in area. Uh-huh. But where's he going to go? No, I, I get he it. He just walked into his own cage, man. I'm just saying that, like, I can't think of anything they're going to do more interesting than just having Tara, like, in, in, for once, invert the trope. Like, drop your guns. Pow! I, I, I know there's been movies to shows that do that, but that's what I was yeah, hoping. I, like, oh, this is funny. And that would kind of, like, somehow, I, I mean, I guess it would rob carol and morgan's debate of any meaning that it didn't have anyway so i still yeah i'm on board with that idea she should have shot him right between the eyes yeah i think it would have been plenty realistic what about uh, so now again congratulations assholes he's upgraded to a gun he's now got a yeah. hostage situation and he has given a gun. another wolf another gun two if you if you manage to pick up both uh so i assume that eugene tara and rosita ended up in the garage of this house and he picked his way into this house because they couldn't have gone through. Yeah, I the mean, town. maybe that, maybe that, maybe the uh, the jail is on the back half of the community center. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure exactly where it is, but they must have been in the same building. But they came in from the front door. <sighs> How? It would have made more sense for them to How come the from the interior of the How the fuck are they the walking around the town? Yeah, it's flooded with walkers. They made it a point that no one can leave. Yeah, not even Rick in a you know. Yeah. With the group of biggest badasses around, Michonne, sure. Rick, 
Carl. Yeah, and again, that was my point, I guess. Like, if, if all you could do is sit and watch the wolf and sit and watch the wolf, but if this is so lightly guarded, then Michonne, I feel like that Carol and yeah. Morgan should have fought their way outside and see if there's an angle. Could they get to the armory? You know, anything other than staying... That's with- why I assume they were just in the same building and picked their way in through the house, but... Yeah. That's shocking. Anyway, guess what? What? Glenn and Enid sitting in the tree. L-O-O-K-I-N-G. At Straight M-A-G-G-I-E. at Maggie. Uh, still on her perch. And mm-hmm. it seems to galvanize Glenn. Although Enid's still wearing the, this is a fucking terrible idea face. Well, now she can't do anything about it. He's seen Maggie. The Right. Right. Too but, late. Uh, yeah. Uh, Deanna is about to put a gun to her head. But she hears the zombies shambling up the stairs and decides to go out in a blaze of glory instead. Yeah. And as I mentioned, this would be a hundred times more compelling if I gave a shit about Deanna's survival mm. or her as a character in any way. But, you know, firing the six shots off, probably not hitting anyone in the head, and giving a primal scream before getting ripped apart. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. She's it's gonna better serve than as just a distraction. Yeah, she's gonna yeah. serve as a distraction for the other zombies at, at, at least. Sure. But he's well shot, you know. If, if again, if if this 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 uh, foundation had been there, it would have worked. Mm-hmm. Uh, so everyone's all gutted up, including little Judith, who gets kind of like uh, put in underneath a zombie pouch. Uh, I think <laughs> Carl's holding her, right? I I don't know. I don't remember who's holding her, but yeah, I thought it was funny that they mm-hmm. just covered her in a sheet and covered that with guts. Yeah, and, and Jesse's like, "See, baby Judith isn't all fucking losing her shit, Sam." <laughs> Uh, and everyone starts walking out the house, and it seems to be working. And as they file past ranks of walkers, Sam starts up with the mom. Mom, uh, are we there yet? Are we there? Are we at the armory yet? Are we there? I'm not blaming you, Sam. No, no, but, I'm not. Oh, my God. You're the worst. <laughs> this is bad you're, you're timing. You're the worst person to have in this little party. <laughs> uh, do you think it – I mean, what else could they have done? Like, is it possible that they could have locked them in the attic? The like, kids? okay – Ron, Carl, Judith, and uh, Sam, you guys stay up in the attic and lock yourselves up in there, and the adults are going to gut up and go outside. It seems foolhardy to mm. take this much, uh, not just baggage, but the kind of baggage that would make you, you know, if uh, Father Gabriel gets drug off by zombies, well, sorry, Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, now you know what your congregation felt like. Judith gets menaced by zombies, and everyone is going to have to feel like they need, and, or Sam, like you got to defend children, right? Sure. So it's like it's it's their their net detriments, and also Judith is capable of screaming because she's hungry, or because her diaper's wet, or because something's mm. scary or smelly or any damn reason, really. Yep. Uh, and Sam is an emotional train wreck. It. I don't know, man. I don't know. This feels like uh, yeah. the makings of another quarry plan. Well, like, I feel you didn't like think it all through, Rick. Maybe you're right. I, I feel like Morgan in this situation, though, like is leaving them in the attic by themselves a better plan? Like, what if we yeah. can't get back to them? Like, how long are they going to be up there? What if we all get killed? They're just going to stay up there. And but die? that's not the thing. Like, if they, if those, those, if the adults don't make it, uh, then the children die anyway. Maybe, unless some of the, the other adults, adults chances make it. of making it are vastly improved by leaving the children behind. It's true. Which it's true. directly improves the children's chance of survival. Well, kind of. I mean, because you still got Carol and Morgan and Eugene and Tara and Rosita and all those other people are still out there, right? Right. Who could potentially save them if they leave them behind. I don't know. 
I don't know. I did me. I just think that it seems insane to drive to, to to bring a baby and Sam, who's already it's losing his shit. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's a big risk. Uh, but yeah, that's... they really try to turn walking into a moment here. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna play. We're gonna swell the music. We're, look, guys, I we've that written was... fifty-two minutes of episode here. <laughs> We're two minutes away from the mid-season finale. I know we're talking yeah. about Netflix, but start shooting this at sixty fr- or like you know, <laughs> at, at three hundred frames per second. Yeah, because we're going to really slow it down. We we need to do something here to make people care at the end. It was actually again, if they'd done the the basics right, that's that stuff would have worked. Yeah, and it it did kind of feel like a moment. And with Sam mm-hmm. shouting, you do ask the question: Are the walkers gonna? turn on them and they they give you a very conspicuous shot of a walker's back as sam walks by it and it kind of hangs on him mm-hmm. and you get the sense that maybe he has heard sam yeah because he's right behind him yeah i don't know that was fairly effective i just don't think that the rest of the episode earned that moment sure it's pretty boring throughout i mean maybe the play would be to gag judith and i don't know can you gag a baby seems like a dangerous thing I can you cover a baby in a blanket covered in guts? You certainly can like, do that. I'm just like, like I mean, there are a lot there of a way you can force a child to be s- silent without like knocking them out. I I don't know. I don't know. I don't deal with kids. I have no idea. I mean, you're, it's it's clear. There's clearly no legal or ethical way to do it. Yeah, but yeah. in like these kind of contexts, what do you do? It's always like a, yeah, your a nightmare situation. You're trying to hide from some monster or some. You know, like a like a Nazi situation, trying to hide in the attic, yeah, and you got a sure. small child or or a colicky baby mm-hmm. or someone with allergies. Like that's the worst, man. What do or, you do? You know, you're hiding in a wall, and uh, Judas decides he's going to sneeze. Yeah, yeah. His name's not actually Cypher. Judas, but that's what I call him. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Cipher decides he's going to sneeze. Yeah, I mean, he's that's that's a much. You just you just kill him because he's a he's a sure. Judas asshole. Yeah. Take your silver thirty pieces. Uh, all right, so. That's it. That's the episode. That's the, right. that's the episode. Uh, as a mid-season finale, I feel like it didn't do a really great job of making me want to see what's going to happen next. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I, Aside from that small tidbit with Sam at the end, if I was not excited for Agree or disagree, next. a better season finale would have been The Wall Fallen. That's a genuine cliffhanger where it's like it is. Yeah. I want to see what's going to happen. This situation is such a mess now that it's like okay, it's, you know. But like, I feel like so the wall falling is good if the stuff leading up to it is not drug out for episode upon episode, and I yeah. feel like that happened this season. So like, I almost think they should have rushed this a little faster. Like get us to the wall falling and the attack and all this stuff somewhere around like episode five six sure have have an episode to deal with the aftermath of it an episode or two something like that i don't know yeah i'm not sure why the i'm not sure why the episode the the walking dead seems to it seems like they really slow down and take their time and delay getting to the heart of the story and then when they get to like the heart of the story everything feels oddly rushed i wonder if it's just because they know they've got these sets that they're just going to destroy and never use again right like it's a big production, I get it, but cuz like I'm thinking of other shows, you know, they they tend to be a little more stationary, I guess. Yeah. than The Walking Dead and so, you know, they're but they the don't Walking cost Dead as much makes to make. so much damn. That's the that's thing. the that's the problem. That's where the argument falls apart, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it'd be I get it. This was a a 1.7 million darling, you know, uh, basic cable darling. Yeah. 
like Mad Men, you can't you can't switch up sets and do all that stuff as much as you want. But this is a fairly cheap show to produce. If, if honestly, your biggest expense is, you know, in the years where you're just going from place to place, you don't even need a set. You just go out in the middle of the goddamn woods. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Like, but when you do need a set, you can use it for a half season, and you got to go on. Like, I feel like. Yeah, that's something you do. Yeah, I just like, wonder why if they this... don't want to do these things and like have multiple sets in a season. Why? Can they afford budgetary it? Budgetary reasons. I don't. I don't know. That's that's my guess. Because hmm. it seems like they're really dragging this out, and I just don't. I don't, I don't think know. it's doing them any favors. So, like, there's this argument, like in college, uh, college sports, because you know the, the the thing with the NCAA is the 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 deal is these. Athletes play for free, and we give them a free education. The caveat is they're they making, don't actually get an education. They're One. make yeah <laughs> the the most athletes they just want to go to the NFL, the NBA, or whatever, uh, and they're not getting a good education, and they're not, not getting good grades in the in the shitty education they're getting. Um, but also, the schools are making literally billions of dollars collectively. Yeah, that NCAA says, well, sure, we're making billions of dollars, but. You're not seeing the money we're spending on the volleyball programs and the gymnastics programs and the soccer programs. And, like, those people don't make shit. And they're not going to go on to professional careers. And there's not endorsements. So, you know, you got to accept the fact that we're making money, obscene amounts of money on these amateur players that are not allowed to get paid or any kind of kickbacks at all so we can pay for all these other services. And whether you believe them or think it's lying or it's a shell game, I'm just saying, like, let's – what if AMC told you – the only way we can make the Halton Catch Fires and the Hell on Wheels and the Low Winter Suns and, oh, God, where is this going? The only way we can into take... Into the Badlands. Fl- the Into the Badlands. The only way we can take flyers on those shows is we make obscene money on The Walking Dead, keep it for ourselves, and fund productions of their stuff. Sure. Is but, that a va- like that's our big tent that we're going to keep the serious dramatic stuff going? And it's just but they're taking a, f- a big risk doing that. I mean, if people... Yeah. If they cheap out so much on a show... On their big show that's providing all the money for the rest of their shows, yeah. so much that people don't watch it anymore because they're not like concerned about the writing or yeah. like they're they're delaying stuff for to save money. Like that can backfire on you. Yeah, it hasn't here yet, and I don't know if it ever will. It's such a huge thing, but who knows? All right, well, that's all the thoughts I had. So I've heard there's this thing called Christmas coming up. The Christmas tree sitting between us in the studio would seem to be good evidence that it is indeed that time of the year. Yeah, I mean, most people put, you know, glass ornaments on ours. We have glass ornaments of sorts. We do, they are. We have 50 airline-sized bottles of booze. Some of them glass, some of them plastic. Yeah. But yeah, the the Christmas spirit is infesting everything we do at this point of the season, uh, including the obligatory gift buying. And you got, you know, you got people in your life who you're like, man, I don't, I don't know what to get them. Like, yes, I don't really know them all that well. Uh, they're, they're reserved. They're closed off. What am I going to buy these? People? I have a question that can get to the heart of things. What is the question? Are they normally clean shaven? Okay. If, if the answer is, is yes, they are, then proceed to the next step, which is, which is to go to harrys.com. Uh, and check out their razor packages. They they have uh, a bunch of different gift sets set up right now. Uh, they provide you know all sorts of razors and accessories like uh, shaving creams and gels and aftershave lotion stuff like that. Uh, really good value, really good price. I've been using them now for a year, 
I've been thrilled with the quality. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've tried other places, and the quality just wasn't quite as good. And I know that if you're buying these things off the shelf, you're paying way too much. Oh, yeah. Way too much. You're paying twice as much for half the quality. Yeah, and, you know, you can save yourself some hassle by not having to go to the store all the time. Just go to harrys.com, buy online. You can actually save five bucks on uh, any of their any of their sets or any first-time purchase right now. Mm-hmm. If you go there and you use the promo code BALDMOVE and you put that in in all caps. All one word, too, right? All one word, all caps. Um, you will get five bucks off your first order, uh, whatever that may be. So you can get, like, the Truman set, which starts at 15 bucks, so it's just $10 Ten for bucks. a month's worth of shaving products. Yeah. Um, and stuff smells good too. It I, does. I'm, yeah. I'm not, I mean, I've, I've I've smelled you walking around the office. I'm. Mm, what's that? I, <laughs> I couldn't tell about the tactile feel of how it feels shaving, but I imagine it feels as good as it smells. Yes. Uh, sure. I think it smells great. So, I, feeling as good as it smells is a tough order to to fill. But yeah, I think because so. you're still dragging metal across your face. It feels as good as that can feel. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's maximum comfort shaving part of great. your body off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, no, those those do smell real good. I only use them from time to time. That's the uh, the aftershave lotion that I've been using. Mm. And they have gift sets with that in it, too. You can get uh, – they just came out with a travel bag that they also sell with their gift sets. So if you really want to go all out, you can spend a little bit more and, you know, really impress that guy in your life with uh, a bunch of razors and uh, shaving products that he'll probably certainly need. Yeah. I can't imagine any guy not needing yeah. razors at some point in his life. Yeah, best case scenario, you've turned him on to something that's uh, going to save him money and give him a better product, better, 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 uh, better experience. Yeah. So go to Harry's.com, use promo code BALDMOVE, one word, all caps, get five bucks off your first order. We got, all right. We got feedback, I assume. Yeah, let's get to feedback. Okay. Uh, we start out with Dan from Philly. Says the fact that no one has a plan in case something like a breach happens. Um, or this fucking Morgan has now surpassed Lori and Tyrese as the most annoying character ever in the show. Substitute the baby for the doctor uh, and its baseball hat guy all over again. With sure. Tyrese, we all remember that. Yep. Uh, this is last week, Tara leaning off the wall by one leg, making headshots two feet from the wolf guy. Preach she it. tosses him her gun. Amen. This episode, what the fuck? Church. Season has all the same bullshit problems of Fear the Walking Dead, and I can't help wondering if it's a case of splitting resources. I don't know. I didn't get the impression that people, like, aside from some executive producers, mm-hmm. were working on both shows. They're getting to the point that every time I see something spectacular, like the season finale, I'm starting to think, and I, we even talked about this off the scenes, like, wow, that was really exciting and, like, tons of extras and digital effects. Does that mean we're going to get shafted the rest of the season? You're not wrong. And I feel like that's been the case on, like, you know, the the Carol's assault on Terminus was, like, blow your eye, your, your hair back. And then mm-hmm. that was the only spectacular thing. And then, you know, I, I'm starting to see a pattern here. I'm starting to see a pattern here. Yeah. Uh, Natalie from New Jersey says, so here's what I like about this episode. Deanna, full stop. Saving Rick, encouraging Rick to grow his beard back. Sure. Stop being a douche. Encouraging Michonne to stop putting herself last and wanting something for herself. Going out like a real Maybe G at Rick. the end. She does. She puts in cough, Rick, cough. Aha, I, I see? Don't, I don't know. I'm on, I'm on the same wavelength this this, this week. I, yeah, I just don't think that's what Deanna was getting at. Right? No. She's not talking about Rick. She's talking about That wouldn't be in the spirit of the Bechdel Real test. for herself, yeah. If, if Michonne is just, uh, you know, her chief concern is uh, the man in her life. Yeah, I didn't get that from it. It's not very Michonne-y, come, come to that. 
Here's what she didn't like. Uh, Jessica giving shitty advice to her child. I know you're scared, but if you tried not being scared, nine-year-old son of mine, okay, great. Uh, Sam's dumbass playing that 1920s music in his dirty room while there is a crisis happening. Uh, yeah, I looked up that song that's uh, Tiptoe Through the Tulips, and the original's mm-hmm. from like 1929. Sure. It's old as fuck. I mean, you could tell. It's got that old-timey... Yeah, yeah. You know, but I mean, there are remakes of it, and I was like trying to see which one it was. Ah. Uh, Ron taking being a little shit to new levels, the continual ruin of Morgan's character. Yeah. The fact that this mid season finale resolved fucking nothing after four episodes of boring buildup and a botched death fake out. Yeah. See you in three months for the climax. All that stuff, very bad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shum says that was the worst episode all season, and it was the mid season finale. I was bored for a while waiting for the action to kick in, and I realized I was 52 minutes into the episode. I I think during the live watch, I looked down at the clock about the same time and was like, nothing, what is, go, what is going to happen here? They've got to change the game somehow. Do I think if that is the worst episode of the series or of this season or if it's just oh. we were in such an apathetic funk that it needed to be a barn burner of an episode for us to appreciate it and now... Yeah, I don't think it's the worst. This but. is kind of like, you know, what, but what is the worst episode? I mean, that I the stuff with Glenn was pretty bad. Episode three crashed pretty hard. Yeah, because it came right off of the, yeah. the Glenn stuff. But then that's, you like, could argue that's the opposite. You had two really strong episodes that, you know, then then cratered hard. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm, I'm, it's, it's, it's weird. It's kind of, it felt like that, uh, it felt like that one... Wasn't there a season? Man, I don't know. I'm trying to think that that there the, the, the one half season where it was all about the plague, and then you had three episodes of the governor, mm-hmm. and it's like there was a couple of really good episodes, but everything else was kind of more blah than it was truly terrible. Is that so season like, four? Yeah, I think four B. Yeah, or maybe four A. Yeah, uh, I mean the the only finale I can think of that was worse than this was season three. Yeah, and that was a uh, that was a finale. complete shit show. Yeah, that was terrible. Yeah, uh, this one. So you still, bad. you still got some floor. Sure, you still yeah. got some floor to work with, guys. Good news. Uh, he goes on. Nothing happened this entire episode. It's built up to an event that didn't occur. Rick's people walking through the crowd was the interesting event in the comic. He doesn't say what happens there, but he said that was interesting. Uh, I don't know what he's talking about. He says, damn, showrunners thought it brilliant to put it off until February. Can't emphasize how bored I was watching this episode. And then by the time we get to the stuff with the wolf, I was just angry. Would you guys agree that they have undermined several characters with that scene? Yes. With the wolf, yeah. Yeah, like I find my, I, I mean, you guys, you guys know this. I, Carol and Morgan were like really up there in the firmament of yeah. the, the, the constellation of the walking dead. Like. Mm-hmm. We were incredibly high, and both those characters really incredibly excited to see what Lenny James is going to bring to the table. And they've made Carol like again. I Carol's agree still with her. on my my list of people I like, but sure. she's she's sliding. Sure, um, but they Morgan's hanging on her legs as she's dangling from the cliff. Yeah, yeah, she's she's hanging on by her fingernail, and and Morgan's trying to clip it. Yep. Yeah, I it I totally agree. I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and like, uh, also by neglect, they've made Glenn less interesting. Yeah. And Sasha and Abraham, and a lot of these characters that are being choked out in favor for these stupid plots. 
So it's not great. Like the only ones I'm still maintaining high interest level. Like right now, the mo- who are you most high on? Wow. That's a tough question. Uh, before this episode, I might have said Denise, honestly. Uh, like, like she yeah, was Denise is cool. re- getting real good. Uh, I, I'm not. Daryl hasn't done anything in a long time. My Carl? Yes. Carl? I yeah, mean, that's he what seems I wanted. Like... That's what I was hoping you'd say, because that's okay. Me. Yeah. Ev- everything that's come up with Carl has been interesting, and I feel like in character for what he would do. I think you're right. Like seeing him grow right. up on the series and like he's flirting with the, the first romantic angle and becoming a leader amongst his peers and trying to walk that line with Ron. And I think he is the yeah. most compelling, interesting character on The Walking Dead right now. He's playing a dangerous game with Ron, but for fairly reasonable. Yeah, no, know, I can. There's ideals. a lot of lot of things going on in his head that I think are all good. Yeah. So that's I mean, I've always liked Carl because the the father son angle with Rick is the thing that really continues to pull me into the the uh the show, but I guess this is the first season where I feel like Carl's become an interesting person onto his own right. Yeah. Like I feel like he's got a character and he's not there just to inconvenience Rick or you know, to to amp the, you know, he's he was the Judith before the show had a Judith. Now the show's got Judith, so I don't need to have him wander off and do some dumb bullshit. Yeah, and they really started that thread last season. Uh, true or false? Enid. He needs to fucking lose the hat. <laughs> it's not doing him any looks it, favors. The, the Although hat, the hair underneath it isn't great either. I gotta say. I, yeah, sure. He's he's going to the Daryl barbershop, but uh-huh. but the hat's gotta go. Like, I hope that there's an actual turning point in his character where he can put the hat down. Uh, yeah, yeah. He he is still following in his father's footsteps for the most part. So yeah, I get it, but. Yeah, we'll see. You know who would agree with us on Carl? Who's that? Jake A. Well, it Jake sounds a like a says, tasteful, tasteful name. Hey, guys, is it just me or is Carl kind of cool now? Maybe it's Chandler Riggs acting, maturing, or the character of Carl maturing, but either way, a character I used to loathe is growing on me, so that's a win. Sure. Yeah, we kind of set our piece on that. You did something right, Lori. <laughs> you brought Carl into the world. Yeah, the hard Although, way. Have we seen I mean, the Grimes Milkman? We haven't, no. <laughs> Uh, and you know, she taught him some pretty hard lessons, you know, namely with her death. Sure. Gary says, what the fuck happened to Eugene's radio? They finally paid off on the tease on who was on the other end of the line when Abraham, when Abraham tried to raise Rick two episodes ago, which was great, but then they completely botched the rest of it. When Tara and Rosita once again saved his completely worthless ass, he just stands there frozen with the machete and, uh, they get him to relative safety in the garage. Why wouldn't he get back on the horn with Abraham to emphasize how truly fucked their predicament is? Mm-hmm. Side note, what do you think Eugene and Abraham's radio handle should be? Uh, the handlebar and the mullet. Okay. I was, I was going to go with hairstyles, too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Handlebar. Handlebar call for mullet. Come back, mullet. <laughs> mullet here. This is mullet. Go ahead, handlebar. That's good. <laughs> or dolphin smooth. Flipper, uh, flipper to mullet, <laughs> flipper to mullet. Uh huh. <laughs> it's. I mean, Eugene's got to be mullet. You could argue. You could argue, no... you could go, you could argue a lot with yeah. Abraham. Flat top, ginger. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you could give it a lot of different. But but Eugene's got to be the mullet. Yeah, and he's he brought it on himself. Like that's I think his he wants to be skipper feature. now. Abraham wants to be skipper. Skipper. Yeah, he's taken on the naval jackets. He wants to command mm. a boat. That's All right, what I think. 
Uh, two more less glaring issues were how Morgan Tello, Donatello reference, was able oh. to knock the knife out of Carol's hand after they established that her fingers were locked into the finger holds on the handle, or how the wolf managed to knock Morgan out with his hands tied up. But that that's a fair point. Like, that thing is... Designed to keep that from happening. It's bloody knuckles combined... Bloody knuckles? Is that what they're called? No, brass knuckles. Brass knuckles uh, combined with a knife. So, like... Yeah. I don't know how he knocked it out of her hand. Well, you know, that's how just, good Aikido is. I guess so. Uh, Matt, in New York City. New York. Sorry. He put NYC. Wait, wait, why? What yeah, am I... It's what New am York I, City. What the hell? You can't in, say it's call... It's New York, New York. People, yeah, people get angry when you say New York City. Do they? That's not the name of the place. Well, I mean, like... I, the if, city of New York. Okay, so if anyone said Indianapolis City, I'd just be mm-hmm. like, huh, that's weird. I wouldn't get mad about it. Oh, well, well, you Yorker. don't hear it all the time. It would get annoying after yeah, a while. Yeah, New York City. I, I don't know. But, I mean, it's but not our fault But he wrote NYC. What am I supposed to do? That's what I'm saying. It's not our fault that your state and city are the same name. <laughs> like, I didn't, I didn't mean to if, start if a If it was Indiana, here. Indiana, you'd probably right. hear a lot more Indiana fucking city. Mm-hmm. So, again, fuck <laughs> off. Back you off your ledges. Did it to Calm down. You're already the biggest, most successful, most celebrated city in the world, arguably. <laughs> Certainly top three. Let it go. Jesus. There's nothing more annoying than talking about New York with a New Yorker. I, I'd like to just say for the God record. God help you if you have less than perfect knowledge of their city. For the record, Matt said none of this. I so know. I don't, I don't want to give him any shit. I'm just, but we, we got like Cecily talked shit about Brooklyn once in a Orange is the New podcast. Brooklyn, yeah. You wouldn't believe how much email we got. So I'm just doing wow. an experiment. On, this cast is approximately 30 times the size of Orange is the New Blood. So I'm expecting something like 500 angry new yorker messages in your mailbox and that amuses me all right well I, I i did them a favor i did them a favor by correcting it to new york new york instead of see new york city you can advocate for puppy murder <laughs> flood my box and i want to start shit with new yorkers there you go i finally came to peace with the fact that the cover yourself in zombie guts was something the writers regretted uh and that we as a fan base were supposed to pretend that there that was no longer an option because they haven't used it otherwise they should at least wait say use- that again what the, the cover yourself in zombie guts tactic where you can camouflage yourself. He came to terms with it, says, okay, the writers haven't ah, used yes. it again, so they want us to think you can't use it. Right. They regret that decision. That was a, that was a Darabont decision. It was dumb because it, you, can get, you can get out of too many yeah. situ- convenient situations. Sure. You don't, wanna, you don't want that kind of thing going on in our, our world. And so he's like, otherwise they would at the very least use these suits to go outside the wall and draw the walkers sure. away. And at most, if I were in the zombie apocalypse, what I would do is be wearing the gut suit twenty four seven. Like, yeah, anytime like that's be, that'd be like like cops put on bulletproof vests before they put on the uniform. Yeah, you'd put on the bed sheets and you'd smear yourself with guts. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> it, it he says it's an invisibility cloak. Yeah, it's surefire protection. Anyway. It's like it's like if you lived in a world full of predators. One of the things you would do before you go outside the protected predator wall, Cover yourself in mud, is you'd roll in the mud. Mm-hmm. If you didn't, you'd be an idiot. Yeah. So yeah. All right. Wow. This is so, uh, this is worse than I thought. All right. Moving on. Barry C from the UK. Uh, am I a psychopath for thinking that when someone is bit in the middle of a crisis like Deanna was, it's not totally inappropriate to ask them if they wouldn't mind being used as bait? No. Obviously, if they say no, fine. But I know if I was bitten, I'd offer to run outside screaming, "Free food here, zombies!" While the rest of the group made a run for it. No, I we I think we joked about that on the live watch, but yes, no, I don't think it's. I mean, it'd probably be gauche to ask, but <laughs> well, we talked about this when Pet Shop 
pixie cut ankle lady broke her uh-huh. her ankles and was like, just leave me here. Yeah. No, I'm not going to leave you here. Go outside and draw them away. Yeah. No, I think that's... Make that yourself would, useful. That would be interesting to see people. And people have done it. Like, you know, in The Walking Dead, uh, you know, T-Dog famously yeah. went out to give someone else a chance after he'd already been bit. Mm-hmm. So... He's the only stand-up guy. I mean, could that be like a trope if... Or, but I don't know. I don't, that, that's... I think that's interesting things about the zombie apocalypse. We've talked about how I find like what would happen to human culture as a result of the zombie apocalypse. Like, yeah. what would funerary customs be like? And it would be interesting if societal pressures made it to where the expectation was if you got bit in a situation that you'd be a real asshole mm-hmm. if you didn't try to make yourself a distraction or a bait or something like that. Yeah, I can see that happening. Uh, I don't know if it's been enough time to 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 have that really instill into a culture but that'd be an interesting place uh thing because you're right you're a walking dead person at that point yeah you're a walking unlike yeah. all the other walking dead people <laughs> uh andrew e has some half season awards that i'm going to indulge him uh in he gives mvp of the half season to the wolf in the cell he came in he killed a bunch of people got his infection treated ran away with denise after everybody in the town shits to bed all he had to do was sit, watch, and wait for them to all trip over their own dicks. I'm sure he enjoyed hearing Morgan's story. <laughs> uh, idiot of the season is Morgan, clearly. Uh-huh. Outstanding moment. Guy runs into frame and kills pasta maker lady with a machete. I did uh, really enjoyed that. No more having to look for pasta machines. Uh, and disappointment, everything that came after that. Yeah, hard to argue. Man, six weeks ago, we were declaring, declaring this could possibly be the greatest stretch of three episodes <sighs> of all time. Yep, how quickly <laughs> it all falls apart. Trey says, I don't know if you were aware, but The Walking Dead has a contest going. Uh, sorry, I think it's The Talking Dead has a contest going, and the winners get to sit on the couch and talk about the show with Hardwick and the gang. Please tell me what we have to do to get you guys on there. That oh. would actually make Would we survive the vetting process? Uh, there's no, no way we make it no. to the couch, right? Even if Absolutely we rigged the elect and we won. Yeah. There's no way. Even if it's community vote and people like went out and voted for us, no. At some point, they would listen to our podcast and be like, no fucking way. Yeah. Would you have the balls to go out there on camera and really, really stick it to them? It's a good question. Like, would you Marilyn Manson the occasion? Oh, Like, just make yeah. an ass of yourself? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Although in this case we wouldn't be it wouldn't be because of the drugs or alcohol, uh, although that certainly would be cited years later as a contributing factor. Yeah, uh, it would be just you know our disdain for what's going on. I think is that show actually filmed and and broadcast live? I no. Well, it's possible that it is. I'm not certain. Yeah. So I don't know if they could stop you once you got on the show. Yeah, I, I don't know. Because I, I feel like if, if it wasn't live, they would have done something with that Marilyn Manson episode. <laughs> or all of the episodes and just thrown them in the garbage. Yeah, it's uh, a live. It says, Wikipedia says it's a live, so they got a tape delay at best. So if we could somehow weasel our way through the vetting process. Yeah, they couldn't stop us. Once we're on set, it's over. Yep. Game, it's, it's checkmate. Hmm. I'm gonna have to look into this. I would, what I want to know is, like, in in the ensuing chaos, would Hardwick join our cause? Oh, could we turn him, or would he be like Robert the Bruce could we, and turn could... his horses away and leave us there to die? Can we like pull the veneer off of Chris Hardwick? <laughs> yeah, May, that would be the most amazing part. Is if Chris Hardwick 
just decided, you know what? You guys are right. I've been Fuck dying. this show. I've been dying to ask these questions, <laughs> but I can't contractually. And then he turns on the guests as well, who are like Gail Ann Hurd and Scott Gimple. Yeah. And I don't know. Some I random if, comedian who has I no bet ties. you have. If, 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 if you come on that show, I bet you would have to sign pretty ironclad. You know, because that's the thing. Like, it's all fun and games if I'm just pissing off Scott Gimple. But if I'm, like, going to get sued for $100,000 because sure, I sure. open my mouth, that's that's going to harsh my my, my uh, independent you, podcast How do you make someone sign a contract that says they won't say anything objectionable? Like, who's easy, judging it? A. Easy. I, you could so easy do that. You could get people to sign a contract that says that, but how do you enforce that? Like, because they have millions of dollars and I have... $34. You have no lawyers. Yes. Yeah. That's exactly. I mean, it's not <laughs> legal or conducive to free speech or, or fair you know, or anything, anything like sure. that, but it's the way things work. All right. So you don't know how the world works out there, Jim. <laughs> Those lawyers. Those lawyers that get you to tear you die screaming to a tree. While Gail Ann Hurd and Scott Gimple eat your guts out. All right. Mark says. Fuck! I wish the wolf captive had just killed everybody like he said he would. I don't even care if Carol had to die. He talked a big game, and in the end, he did nothing. One more redemption arc, all set up for the second half of season six. I can see the Joker in this Joker in a white robe with a bow staff walking side by side with Morgan, morgalizing the citizens of Alexandria for years to come. I don't see that. Two thoughts. I think this guy is true blue insane. How awesome would it have been if the wolf had killed Denise and Morgan and left Carol because he respected the fact that he she wanted to kill him? Mm, there you go. Like, maybe you've got wolf potential yet. Yeah. And that would actually interestingly tie back to her putting a W on her head, and we'd actually start having real conversations about, ooh, what's this, you know, this change in Carol? Maybe she's gone too far. Mm-hmm. Um, I forget what my second thought was going to be. Damn it. That was even better than the first. <laughs> okay what was that so his thing was about uh, the uh morgan. yeah about this guy being converted by morgan uh and being his new disciple like morgan was for uh twisty mm. yeah i don't know i don't see it uh martin h says as an instructor who taught lock picking to over thousand law enforcement officers and military personnel i'd like to call bullshit on eugene's lock picking technique indeed in the garage, he can be seen using a single pick. In reality, you need a pick and a turning tool sure. to apply turning pressure on the cylinder. Eugene's technique would never open the door, ever. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And again, you can't get all the details right, but that's a pretty easy detail that's to get. such an easy one. In fact, I, like, I, I feel like if I was Eugene and I had as little to do in the show and I'm just getting my scripts... I might actually, oh, I'm going to have to pick a lock. You know what? I'm going to go Wikipedia lock picking. I'm going to watch a YouTube video mm-hmm. because I think this would be pretty cool. And then they hand to, you the paperclip on set. You're like, this ain't going to work. Yeah. No, like maybe I, just give maybe me two. he did that. And he's like, maybe I get two. But like, I don't feel like that on this show, if if, if the Eugene said, I need this, this to be screen accurate, anybody would fight him. So it's like, yeah, there's a yeah. lot of the, a blame to go around here. You're right. Like, I remember right. reading an article in like the, uh, like, this is some stupid, but like Star Trek The Next Generation. Uh, kind of silly show. I love it. It's it was in his syndicated television. But I guess Gates McFadden really was a stickler about like if you give me the tricorder and I'm hitting buttons and I'm doing this particular scan, I better hit the same fucking buttons the next time I do it. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, probably no one pays attention, but the one nerd, it's going to impress him that we did this details. Or mm-hmm. if you've got these random stickers when I'm looking at this scan, yeah. they better be the next when I'm doing another full body scan. They better be the same layout. Like, she had to kind of, like, everybody's like, oh, you're kind of a bitch, and blah, blah, blah. But I'm like, I, you know, like, 
some of this is on the actors too. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're not doing doing a whole lot and your character's not super impressive. Get the fucking lockpicking right. Sure. S- sweat sweat the 5 minutes on the internet. I yeah, and like I can't imagine the what somebody brought like one paperclip from home and was like, "Sorry, yeah. that's the only paperclip I have." You didn't bring the box, really? Yeah. Or honestly, if if, if lockpicking was in a skill set, I would I would have been super impressed if you just whipped out a professional lockpick set. <laughs> okay, mm-hmm. you know, like I believe super a guy like in the apocalypse. Yeah, like the guy like Eugene would have a wallet with a condom in it uh, that's never okay. been used, and he'd have a lockpick set in his other back pocket. Sure, that'd have been cool too. All right, Anthony B, not that Anthony B. The one you're thinking of. We got Tom's not in Volkswagen. We got Anthony's yep. not B's. What is, you know, we what is like going on? We have 18 Anthony's right in. We have more Anthony listeners than any other name. We need code names. We do. Uh, I, I go by whatever they write in. So write your own code name in. <laughs> he says, he says uh, he's going to be mullet. So, <laughs> so I have been the ultimate Morgan defender all season, but I think this was my breaking point. I'm officially on Team Exile Morgan so he can tap into his inner Carol and come save them from crazy cannibals. I really mm. hope they don't kill him, though. I don't know how I feel about this finale. I feel like I was missing something. It wasn't that crazy of a finale at all. Check this out. In my opinion, I think the sneak peek they gave with Daryl, Sasha, and Abraham should have been in the finale to kind of spice up this finale a bit and give it a little more juice instead of making us have to sit through 10 minutes of that fucking Ninja Warrior bullshit to see sneak peek. Did you see the sneak peek? No, I did not. I watched it. What did you think? Uh, Second Wall was not impressed. I mean... He said it, it made the finale more frustrating. It makes it frustrating that it's not in the damn episode, and all of it is for marketing purpose. Uh, what it is, is it's just Daryl, Abraham, and Sasha driving down the road. They encounter a group of bikers who are perched in the middle of it, and uh, they get them out of their car. They make them drop their weapons and all this shit, and they say, everything you have belongs to Negan. Hmm. Definitive definitive saying of the word Negan now. We now know how it is. All right. No longer have to guess or waffle on that. Uh, Gritting but... my molar so hard, they feel like they're going to explode. <laughs> it's not how you spell it, man. It's not how you spell it. Yeah, it's it's fine. I just it's like, I feel like that's a story of my life. I read a word... And I decide I'd pronounce it in my head years before I ever hear it pronounced, and it's it's always the wrong way, always the wrong way. But this is like this is a problem, right? Like I'm gonna take something that should be a cliffhanger and super interesting, and I'm going to cut it off at the end of this episode, and I'm gonna stick it into another show that I want you to watch because marketing, uh-huh. because we want to make this other show something. Like I, that doesn't. That makes a sense if all, all you care about is making money and getting people to watch your shows. Sure. But it's also been an eight-week experiment with this uh, uh, airline thing. Yeah. That's that's different because that's kind of completely separate from the story of Fear of the Walking Dead. But it's interesting because it started with no reason to care about it, yeah. bewildering characters, and it ended with no real payoff. Yeah kind of like this season yeah it's kind of an in, <laughs> interesting little microcosm i don't know anyway moving on uh giovanni says when rick told jesse that smearing themselves with the inside of walkers will allow them to just walk amongst the living dead why wasn't her reaction more along the lines of what and you're just telling us now why have we not been doing this the whole time uh why did you not use this skill yesterday when the place was surrounded by walkers and you were trying to figure out how to get past them to draw them away 
Sure. Fair point. Uh, moving on, eighth and P. You're right. Arguably, that should be one of the you know right. Tie your shoelaces first. Yeah. Successful ways to evade zombies and fool zombies before you go to teaching them how to attack. Mm-hmm. Like this is pretty basic shit. J.K. Rowling had it figured out at Hogwarts. You don't teach the children offensive spells and then later on how to protect yourselves from them. You you do step A before step B. Damn it. Like, I feel like we're off our game, the bitching game. When you're like, comparing it to Hogwarts? Why? No, I'm just saying, like, there's a lot of fundamental just stupid things that we're not even calling out anymore. Because, like, yeah, we used well, to have to dig deep, remember? Yeah, well, we turned our brains off. We're, we're, That's we're the writing survi- I was writing survival guides critiquing, like, you know, the, 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 the stupid shit they're doing from a survival standpoint. Like, damn. Yeah. I, yeah, I guess our, sh- our shows would be four hours long if we just, like, did a full-on autopsy every week. But that stuff annoys me. That Like, you're right. That makes no sense. That's dumb. I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't bitch about it before you did. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. let's see what Nathan P. bitches about. We've had so many filler episodes and wasted time subplots this half, and we can't even finish the fucking story. How are they managing to butcher this arc? I have absolutely no idea where any of these characters are in relation to one another. Rick goes from being right at the front of the herd to Jesse's house, but where is that in terms of Alexandria? Outer? The middle? No clue. Therefore, we have no clue how long it would take to fill the streets with zombies. Spencer, Aaron, Eric, Toby, Tobin, uh, the armory lady, Heath, and any other somewhat useful Alexandrians literally disappeared into thin air. Mm. Finally, the return of Judith is in danger. Judith is always in danger. It's as if they were uh, saving, saving them all for this moment. Oh. All the Judith is in danger references. Mm. Uh, Jesse leaves the baby alone in the house to fight zombies in the intro. Check. Rick leaves Judith behind, uh, being looked after by the doomed, <laughs> soon-to-be zombie survivor. Check. Carl sta- starts to suffocate Judith in a bloody blanket before they all take her <laughs> into the zombie herd. Check. Oh, yeah. Uh, he says, also, I bet even though they are carrying a freaking baby through the streets, Sam will cause more noise. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that's that's I feel bad for Sam because you got uh you're competing with a colicky baby and you're still the biggest liability of this group. Yeah, I agree. Uh Vir- Virgilio in California. Even the ending was disappointing. Here's how the ending should have gone down. He's gonna he's gonna do a little rewriting of the script for for the writers. Daryl stops at the stops the truck at a good standoff distance from this motorcycle blockade. They were talking mm-hmm. about Abraham gets out fires the AT4, this rocket launcher, right into the center of those motorcycles. While Daryl drives through the motorcycles, Abraham and Sasha shoot up any remaining bandits. Yeah, if you watch that, like they just roll down this street to where there's an obvious group of bikers spread across the street. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Truck beats motorcycle every time. Yeah, I haven't every seen time. it, but I, maybe that will happen. No, well, it's clear that they've stopped and they've gotten out of their cars and huh. out, out of the truck, rather. All right. So... Not good. Uh, Beverly B says, look, I'm against the death penalty as part of a civilized advanced society. But I understand that you're living, if you're living as a nomad in the, in the desert or in the zombie apocalypse, you have no choice but to execute people who are a danger to you. Having said that, we now understand mental illness and the role of past trauma in fostering violence in people. This should give normal people some level of discomfort about playing the role of executioner. I don't disagree that Morgan's desire to rehabilitate this guy is a little whacked. On the other hand, Carol's bloodlust about executing him as soon as possible, even when he is tied up, is also not exactly healthy. That's true. Yeah, and I think we talked a little bit about that. 
says, you guys can mock Morgan, but it's longstanding television tradition that good guys, in quotes, only execute when absolutely necessary and only with great reluctance. That is because reluctance is also a part of our moral code. You don't just walk up to a man who is tied up and slit his throat without at the very least taking a moment to reflect. If Carol had killed the guy in the moment of battle, fine. But since she didn't, her desire to fight Morgan to the death in order to personally dispatch the wolf right then was kind of weird. The Lizzie storyline was powerful because you felt like Carol was doing something she didn't want to do because it was necessary. But having her really, really, really want to do it is not any less dysfunctional than Morgan. Well, wait a second. I mostly, I mostly agree with what she's. I agree with her philosophy broadly about people, but I don't think she's taking Carol's personal history into account because, as she said, she had to kill a child, and then she had to liberate her friends from a camp that was going to eat them cannibal style. And then these cannibals hunted them down and ate one uh, one of their friends and tried to murder. I mean, she's been through a lot of trauma. I mm-hmm. think she's the type of character who would be would would kill this person in cold blood without remorse. Yeah, because think- it's not like it's not like this is a mistaken identity or like Tara where she was duped. I mean, this guy it seems like he is a clear and present danger to everyone, regardless of whether he's got a gun in his hand or not. Now, again, mm-hmm. yeah, that's not normal. But Carol has not been through a, nor- a normal process. This is what, you know, it's like uh, every once in a while you get an article about the military. It's like, oh, you know, we've listened to these, we, we watch this gun footage of the military and like it's super racist and dehumanizing. Well, well, no shit. They're blowing humans away with, with artillery rounds. Like unless you either can go crazy and start enjoying it or you can get like a gallows humor or a detached kind of, uh, you, you disassociate from it. But like it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be bizarre that that if your profession is killing people, that you have a somewhat skewed v- view of it. So, like, it okay. doesn't surprise me that Carol's got a skewed view of the value of humans' life by modern standards. Yeah, and as far as that moment of you know reluctance or or yeah. some qualms about killing, she's had that moment. Yeah. She's had that moment many times, and I think most prominently with Lizzie. Yeah. But then it gets easier from there. You know, you get into a pattern. You sure. start to understand. Uh, a lot about uh, the nature of people right. at a certain point, and you can spot when there are bad people, yeah. and and you can do something about it if you've done something about it before, right? Mm. I think it gets easier over time, yeah, to do those things. And, and now seen, she's she's I, seen the downside of not doing that and taking the soft approach. And, certainly, I mean, but I'm not totally defending her. I think she's starting to go a little too far um, with her own ideals. Agreed. But I don't know that I want to call total bullshit on it yet. Okay. Yeah, I think she's going a little too far for what this show is trying to go for its ideal post-apocalyptic morality. Yeah. Which is already kind of an absurd concept. But yeah, like the show has a certain notion of what heroics look like. Mm -hmm. And she's starting to veer off that path. But she's a damn... Like, I already thought it was outrageous that Rick, uh, you know, banished her the first time. But mostly because of like you know just I don't know I don't I don't want to start that argument again. I'm just saying that like I think she's a ways away from needing to be banished again. Yeah, I thought the idea of banishing Morgan would be pretty funny. Banishing but, Morgan, yeah, especially yeah, if the to rest, make him, if the whole group decided to do that. Yeah, make him catch up with where Carol's at because that's yeah, when that's she had her thing is like experience. I don't know that. I don't know that Morgan would be mined honestly. Like if you want to go out and rehabilitate people. Go out and do it. Set up your own little camp and rehabilitate and take whatever chances you want. And if they wake up in the middle of the night and slit your throat because you let your guard down for one second, well, then you died for what you believed in. 
don't make all of us, including baby Judith, who has no say in the matter, take that risk for you. But Twisty told them not to be alone with goats. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you want. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Milos writes in. So I watched the episode this morning and I thought it was pretty all right for the most part. However, once I went on Twitter right after, I came across the scene with the saviors. Uh, I guess I can say that. I don't know. I, I'm, not really I'm slightly uncomfortable with the level of spoilers we've we've delved in. Uh, but this is release stuff. If you're a true fan, true fan listening to the podcast, I'm sure you watched the the, the actual material. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's officially released. I'm not pulling any punches on officially released material. Yeah, I know. Come on. Yeah. Uh, it says Negan is finally mentioned. Uh, he was livid. I get that they're trying to promote the Badlands show, but do they really have to leave out such a key scene that will obviously lead into next season as one of the major storylines going forward? I think it's total bullshit and a sleazy tactic that hurts the viewing experience. It yeah, sounds like that should have been the final ep- scene of the episode yeah. and not wait yeah. for make people wait through 10 minutes of into the Badlands. For sure. And I think we talked about it. Uh, Mike Snow says... Tell me how it makes any fucking sense that the survivors can score a headshot on every walker that comes near them, but when the lone wolf is held at gunpoint by Rosita and Terra, yep. they don't fire at him to set Denise free. Breach. There's no way they should miss that shot. Breach. Uh, there were other things to be disappointed about with this episode, but the scene stood out the most to me. Uh, Alex D. says, incredible special effects and cinematography, check. Actors that give a 1,000%, 1,000%, I think he meant to type that. No matter what, check. Modest supply of badass hotties, Check. Pretty decent music selection and score. Check. Story, script, and self-awareness. Uh, Forgot about that. Yeah. He, he says he just realized today that Walking Dead really has the full package, but it's fascinating how the entire thing can get dragged into the pit of TV due to lazy and uninspired writing. What do you guys think is the root of this crud? Is it an inexperienced writing team, an nope. incompetent showrunner? Nope. Or, and I choose to subscribe to this theory, he says, does Kirkman have his nose shoved so far into production that he will not allow the story to move too quickly or stray too far from his original plot lines. I don't think that's it either. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've come around to they are making the show they want to make. Yeah. Uh, it, it, or the other option is all those things are true about them being inexperienced yes. and all that, and but they're so insulated from criticism because the show is so uh, successful commercially that no one sits and, and questions it. Yeah. So... You know, it's like if you have some uh, insanely popular thing. I'm trying to think of. Uh, I was trying to think of. Uh, you know, another an- analogy of this, where something is like super popular, but it's not great, but people like it anyway. I'm not going to say it. I've got a show in my head, but people are going to roast no, me. No, I'm, if I'm I not. Say it. But like, like, let's say, like the you know, I was a Coors Light fan. Like, I'm passionate mm. about loving Coors over Shitty Miller and Bud Budweiser. Okay. <laughs> and then I tried Craft Brew, and I'm like, oh shit! I've been Coors drinking just the, same the same beer the mm. whole time, and I had a strong opinion for it. Uh, but it's still insanely, in, insanely popular, and I, I don't want to be a beer snob because there's nothing wrong with the way Cures Light or any of the uh, a light American beers taste. And shit, I love uh, the Miller High Life as much as anybody. But it's for a time. And but place. don't. But it's not. It's 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 you're having you're having strong preferences over very minor variations of, of a product, hmm. and you know, until someone introduces you to something better, then yeah, shit. Walking Dead's awesome. All right. Uh, Ellen says, Jesse must be some kind of wolf sleeper agent or a spy for an upcoming enemy 
or a former stripper or basically anything other than a hairdresser because there is no way a self-respecting hairdresser would give their child a bowl cut of that magnitude. (laughs) That kid's hair has been bugging me for weeks now. Jesse must be hiding something, and to be honest, she may even be hiding it in Sam's hair. (laughs) This entire family is untrustworthy, and I really wouldn't mind watching a Walker Horde have a Jesse, Sam, and Ron buffet next season. But she's not really a hairdresser, right? She's, she's not. That's, that's what she point, does yeah. for the town. Like I She's think, giving the whole town a mom haircut. I think so. I don't think she was actually a hairdresser no. before the apocalypse hit. No, yeah. And uh, if she is, shame on her. Cause... Sure. No, I, I mean, I, I, I suffered through many a mom haircut. And me too. My yeah. school photos look a lot like Sam. Uh, it's, it's, you know, I just think she's, that's, that's what she does to be useful. Yeah, and makes owl art on her mm-hmm. front that's, porch. That's her calling. Now, i got to imagine that owl art's destroyed again, right? By the horde. I don't think the walkers are respectful of modern art. Yeah, they don't appreciate it. Like At best, they're going to try does. to eat it. That worcester's going to knock it down and trample it flat. Margaret in Chicago. I really liked the part where Dickless, I mean uh, Ron, tried to kill Carl. It's great that Carl stopped him and kept Ron's homicidal rage and instability a secret, but why does Glenn, I mean Carl think he can rehabilitate ron (laughs) has he seen it work before have we seen this before i call bullshit if we see carl and ron on a dumpster together next season isn't it ridiculous that we've had the same plot line Uh, with four separate character arcs this seems to be the mo of this show like this was morgan this is morgan and twisty this was morgan and the wolf this is glenn and dickless this is ron and carl in the same fucking season Mm. like if that's not filler i don't know what is yeah daniel p says so one apparent flaw in the show's universe has always bothered me a bit, and I'm curious to get your thoughts. Let's assume that within three months after the zombification event, there is a 1% survival rate, with the remaining 99% of the population becoming walkers. From that point on, you're basically dealing with a finite number of walkers. If each living person kills 99 zombies on average, all of the walkers will be permanently eradicated. Uh, If the characters we see on the show are at all representative of the general population and their zombie kill rate, it seems you would reach 99 to 1 ratio fairly quickly, even just killing one walker per person per week would eliminate all walkers in two years i i love the <coughs> the zombie apocalypse apocalypse could never sustain itself math he did the, he did the math yeah I, I love those those formulas mm-hmm. so i decided to read this one i that yeah i mean that's the i think i mean we had the one about the wall last week where you could take sure. them out in two hours you, you got i know i that's the that you know that's the whole crux of my i i it requires an enormous suspension of my disbelief to get into the zombie show period yeah and it's it's pro- it's kind of like that because it just this doesn't seem like it can spread, and I've never seen it mm-hmm. cinematically. Well, with fast zombies was one thing, but shambling yeah, style, you know, later. yeah, uh, the Romero style zombies, yeah. I just don't uh, buy as a threat to spread, and then as a threat to continue being, uh, or as a threat that continues to menace society for years. Yeah, but you know, you gotta you you gotta buy. Well, you got math on your side, is all I'm saying. Sure. Every formula I've seen says no way. Yeah. Uh, Jeffrey says, as you highlighted in the instant cast, this week's episode was just another drip instead of the high-powered fire hose spray of dramatic action we would normally expect from a mid-season finale. This highlights the narrative anorexia from which the writer's room is suffering. Seriously, someone throw these guys a box of Twinkies or something. Um, This show has indulged in repeating certain baseline tropes, as we just talked about. But rehashing the beloved Guts Gambit from Season 1 reflects a straight-up lack of creativity, and it's pretty much the last straw. 
Of course, it didn't help that this week's episode in particular was billed as some sort of climax when really it's just the middle episode of a season which the network execs have decided to break up for reasons unrelated to dramatic structure. You guys said it. There's a lot of good TV out there, and Walking Dead is no longer it. Uh, I, w- I wanted to include this episode because this guy um, runs a podcast along with a co-host, uh, The TV Museum, which I listened to and thought was really good. Hmm. Uh, and I don't normally like throw shout outs to products or podcasts or shows or whatnot uh, in the podcast, but I thought it was really good. I listened to his Wonder Years episode. And if you're huh. into like old TV, I love kind of breaking Wonder it down, sure. they go through and they watch a few episodes uh, and then do a single podcast on a series. So pretty cool TV museum if you want to check it out. And that's it. That's the end of the uh, feedback. Okay. And the end of the episode, coincidentally. Uh, sure. Are, are we doing a, we're doing a wrap up. Yeah, definitely. Cause I'd like to get, and I imagine that's going to be like 50% spoilers. I would like to see, uh, some speculation on, on where they go next and how far they go. Yeah. Um, we will be doing one. So if you want to send your emails in to watching dead at baldmove.com, you can get that in anytime before next Tuesday and we should be including that. And I'll start a thread on the forum. I'm, I'm heading there right now to, okay. Uh, discuss the mid-season point and all that. Yeah, and well, I I don't think we did death predictions at the beginning of this season, which is an oversight. But uh, we'll be talking about you know what we think is going to happen next. Would have crapped kind of out because and, and none of the yeah. characters I would ever heard of that d- died before. Well, Nicholas, I guess. Yeah, I guess you could have guessed him. Yeah, but ah, whatever. Uh, we'll probably do some for next season, I assume. But who knows? Who knows? We're we're playing it fast and loose here. Sure. At Bald Move. Uh, but that's it. If you want to uh, leave us some feedback, you can also get on Twitter and Facebook, I guess. Go uh, check us out there or baldmove.com for everything we do. And until next Tuesday, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See you.